Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Hello, welcome to Gina's Groove Theory. Tonight is Saturday, 
September 1st, 2012. It is now 11.04 in the p.m. I'd like to welcome you here to KXRW, your community connection internet radio station, broadcasting live here out of Long Beach, California. Much love to everybody, and like I start with every is every show, being every show, I got to give my love and praise and dap up to the man upstairs. So here we go. Saturday, September 1st, 2012. Shout out there to my little cousin, Jada Grace. Happy 12th birthday. Hope you're having a great birthday today. Uh, hoping uh, everything is fine with you and your mom. Hi, shout out there to Grace as well. You guys need to check out my little cousin's show. It's the Greater Jay show, show, so just check it out. She's a cute kid, cute kid. And you can also check her out in Terminator 4. All right, you guys, um, it is now 11.05 still, so I'm going to give a shout-out as well to uh, Shades of Africa, Renee. I know that uh, Cherokee was in there today, and he picked up some things for me, and I'd like to thank you for all your support. Uh, Shades of Africa, you guys, is located now in two, two locations, actually, but it's out here in Long Beach. You can stop on in there and find some good quality, uh, I just say unique and very uh, spiritual uh supplies she has in there. She has sage in there. She has her own oils that she hand makes. You need to stop by there. 101 101 uh, East 4th Street. That's Long Beach, California, 90802. That's the zip code over there. And she has another location up in the IE, uh, located in Corona. It's the 951 area. It's Shades of Africa. And if you want to talk to her, if you want to get to uh, check out what some of the items and things she has in her store that are collectively really good for your skin, hair, body, spirit, uh, your, your just your all overall everything for you. Uh, you can go 101 East 4th Street. It's on the corner of Benito and 4th. Thank you, uh, Renee, as well. We're going to go ahead and play something out there. Hey, it's my little cousin's birthday, so let me see what I got for her. Something that she might like. I don't know. We'll see. Check it out. Let's see. Whoop. Oh, we'll go there later, though. Uh, Yeah. All right, we're going to go there with uh, me, myself, and I, you guys. A little shout-out. I'm quite sure she liked it. I know one of her little friends out there, Jada, she liked it, too. So I played it. I put it out there one day. So she liked it on Facebook. So here we go. Me, myself, and I. All the ladies, if you feel me, help me sing it out. Ooh, ooh, ooh. My name's Pat, y'all. Ooh, ooh, ooh. This here's Remix. Oh, 
So with that particular, you know, thing, I've I've been there. You know, selfish not to think about other people. You know, before I thought about what was important to me first. Um, I always have helped people and been there for people, but then also too, when I say selfish, I mean in the in the in the sense of well, you know, you may have said something or done something. Uh, that hurt someone and, you know, because you were so self-absorbed, what I call it is self-absorbed, that you didn't even notice, you know, with that, you know, sometimes we all do that, you know, sometimes we're running so fast, we're working so fast, we're doing everything and you just don't sometimes take the time to, you know, see and hear how we react to others. So with that, you know, I want you guys to twirl that over. I think we're going to be having the bishop come in and as as the usual crew might come on out. I know I'm going to have a couple of friends out here, you know, who knows, we might be able to get fortunate to have the main, you know, my, my, my closest family. Well, pretty much everybody that comes on this show that knows me personally knows that, you know, hey, pretty much I'm here all the time. You know, I'm when I'm out here, come on in, join on in. Uh, a friend of mine told me, and he thanked me for letting him be his, be a voice and say what he wanted to say. And, and, you know, as long, like I said, as long as you're respectable here, whatever you say is fine with me. Bring your opinion, bring your voice. Just bring it with some respect, people. Um, you guys know since I did put an extra couple of new uh, new uh, songs on the roster, and you you know I'm kind of like loving on Beyonce. You guys know that. So well, I'm gonna go ahead and shoot something out to you. Let's say cater to you. Okay, yeah, all right. In, in the in the case of tonight's show, it's about selfishness. I'm gonna go ahead and shoot this to you, Beyonce. Cater to you.
Hey, you guys, you're back with Jenna's Groove Theory. It is now 11.18 in the p.m. It is September 1st, 2012. Hope everybody's doing great out there. This is your KXRW, your community connection internet radio station, broadcasting live out of Long Beach, California. Thank you guys for showing up. Thank you for being here. Hope you enjoy. Uh, take a little time and twirl over in your head what it is that you may have been or Maybe you could be possible. It could be possible that you may be a little selfish, or maybe you might have a person in your life that's selfish, that uh, pretty much thinks of themselves. And you want to speak on it. You don't have to say who you are. You know, you guys who know me personally, you can text it to me and let me know. Um, let me know if there's a you know something that or someone that you're dealing with who's selfish in your life. And if that's the case, let's talk about it. So call on in. Uh, representing here out of Long Beach, this is Gina's Group Theory. Here you go.
everybody. Hey, everybody. You're back with Gina's Group Theory. How's it going out there? Thank you for representing. Tonight is actually Saturday night. Glad you're sharing your Saturday with me. It is September 1st, 2012. Uh, still kind of like uh, doing a little bit of touching bases here. So uh, with that, you guys hold on tight. I'm going to send out another shout, something uh, something kind of that gets you in the mood to want to talk. Okay, so let's see. Uh, we got, uh, here we go. I got something for you guys. Something a little uh, popping. Yeah, I kind of like this one, so I always play it anyway. So here you go. Give me some time. Upgrade you. <laughs> yeah, B. Talk your shit. <laughs> time to let me upgrade you. How you going to upgrade me? Higher than number one. You know I used to beat that block. Now I be the block. Let me upgrade. <laughs> I hear you be the block, but I'm the like to keep the streets on. Know that you the type that like to keep them on the leash, so I'm known to walk alone, but I'm alone for a reason. Sending me a drink ain't appeasing. Believe me, come harder. This won't be easy. Don't doubt yourself. Trust me, you need me. This ain't a shoulder with a chip or an ego. But what you think they all mad at me? Mafioso, oh baby, you ever seen satin? No, not the car, 
good everywhere we are. You sure to see stars. This is high level, not eye level. My bezel, courtesy of Audemars. I order yours tomorrow. Now look at the time I saved ya. Mama, let me upgrade
Hello? Hi, everybody. It is Gina's Groove Theory. It is now 11.37 in the p.m. It's September 1st, 2012. My God, it seemed like this year just started yesterday. It's almost like I just celebrated my birthday and a friend took me out. Not even, but maybe a month ago. Wow. And as well as my BFF who's out there in the IE. Well, sometimes BFF, what do you want to call it? You know how it is. Uh, it was her birthday the next month after that. So it's like, wow, it is already September. And shout out there to Cortez, my son. We are counting down to his birthday. We have actually nine days to go. And then we have um, Gina Groove Theory's first anniversary of 9-11. And so we're going to be representing with that as well. Tonight's topic, actually, is... Is your gratification the sole purpose for the acts of kindness that you do for others? Has anybody ever accused you accused you of being selfish? And is the first person that you think about, the first person that you consider, the first person that you would save would be yourself? If that's you or you know somebody who's like that or you're dealing with somebody who's out there who's selfish, who, you know, for some whatever reason... Sometimes we don't know what selfishness is. We don't well not that we don't know it. We heard it before. We we know it when other people are selfish, but we can't see when we're selfish. And we're self centered. So with that tonight, that's what tonight's topic is. Me and a good friend of mine were out there talking about it and uh, you know, he like he always does, he's a good friend slash program director as well. Uh he's a, you know, he he, he helped me put it together because, yeah, you know, a lot of people out here are selfish. A lot of people think of themselves. And sometimes we just don't know. I, I'm guilty of it. could be in the slightest thing. It could be, you know, I mean, would I give myself the first piece of cake? Or, you know, would I, what, uh, if, like I said, if we were in the Titanic, it was me and some other person. And what, who would I, and there's one little dinghy, and I know it's a dinghy there, and that other person doesn't see it. I might have jump in it and leave that other person hanging. <laughs> I just might. Who knows? I mean, what would you do in that case? Would you save that person? Would you be the one to step up? Well, we're asking that question tonight. I got a call in from a guy uh, of a new friend who, um, you know, he hasn't came. He hasn't called in. He wants me to give him a call. He's having a little bit of trouble trying to get in. So I'm gonna go ahead and we're gonna give him a call. I got a caller out there who wants to say hello. So we're gonna touch them as well. Uh, let, let me go and give my shouts out. Shouts out to Long, you know, my Long Beach City college friends and classmates it was good to see you monday monday we got it rolling you guys feeling good about the semester got a full term um only had one incident but we're going to work on that i got a lot of things to do tonight didn't know if i was going to do the show tonight but of course you know i know you guys miss me and i miss you too as well so i had to be here so like i said tonight is about selfishness i'm gonna go ahead and touch our caller out there and we're going to see what his input is as well we'll see who it is and then we'll go ahead and drop a little call to my my new friend, Mr. Winford. We'll, we'll give him a call. Hold on. Hello out there. Who's out there? This is Gina, and you're with Gina's Groove Theory. Okay, I think. Are you there? Can you hear me? Okay, well. That person is probably in transition, so we'll just go ahead and we'll just hold on off on him. Let's go ahead and uh, give my new friend a call since they pretty want pretty much want to uh, uh, have a call here. So let's go ahead. We can call him in. It'll be his first time, you guys. So be be patient, be nice with him and stuff. Um, it's his first time calling in, and I thank 
all of you guys. Like I thank him for being there, being, you know, supporting. You know, not anybody has to do that. Nobody has to support me if they really don't want to, and you guys do. So I thank you for all of your love and consideration. Shout out there to Cherokee. Shout out there to Todd. Shout out there to my my boy Brian out there, of course. Shout out there uh, to uh, my brother Bishop. I need to go ahead and check him too. He said he'll be out here as well. Uh, he, I think, in other words, he had a little selfishness. Some somebody in his life is being a little selfish, so, and we all have been. And you know, like me, we all talk. You know, sometimes you don't see it, sometimes you do see it, but then when you're on the other end of that selfishness, it's a, it's a, it's a bitch. So, with that, let's go ahead and we'll uh, uh, pop in. This, this actually would be my first time calling out. Actually, no, not my first time, but yeah, okay, yeah. So we'll we'll go ahead and touch on him and say hello. This is really nice because I met him a while ago, and so you know, hey, people trying to get back and they get back, they keep in touch. I guess they want to know who, what, where, and that's all good. So let's see, let's give him a call. Alrighty, so we're gonna hold that thought, you guys. Let's give him a call, see what's going on, see if uh, <laughs> oh, basically I think he goes in the screening room, but we'll we'll see. We'll see if it'll be my first time. Let's do this. Hold on. Oh, you know what? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Two. 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 Okay. All right. Hold on, you guys. Just play some screen. No, we'll just call. We're just going to go ahead and call. Hello. Hello, hi, this is Gina from Gina's Groove Theory. You're live on my show. Is Magic the Win Winford, please? This is him. You call me Taylor. Hi. You call you call me Taylor. Go ahead. What's going on, Gina? Hi Taylor. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> uh, hey, you're you're live. It's eleven forty three in the PM. You're live on Gina's Groove Theory out here, so how's it going? Thank you. Oh uh, great, just couldn't couldn't sleep, you know. Um, and, I, and I thought about you was on the air, so, I, so let me let me let me give something positive, or something nice, whatever you're talking about. Right on, thank you very much. You know what? I got I got people out there, I got family out there. So far, my show is doing really good. Uh, my best show was actually July 31st, and uh, I'm up to 18 archive listens. And just to let you guys out there know as well. My uh, other show, my second show that's blowing up, is the 19th. I'm at 680. So I'm doing pretty good, Winfred. And, and actually, tonight's uh, topic is selfishness. And I worded it out there on Blog Talk because that's where, whenever you want to hear my recorded shows or even when you're calling live, I found out tonight, you can just log into Blog Talk and you can come on in too. So you don't necessarily have to use a phone, you can use a computer as well. Tonight's topic is Is your gratification the sole purpose? For the reasons that you do things for others, and has anybody ever accused you of being selfish? And is the person, the first person you think about in any situation, always comes out to be yourself? Then you could be, you know, guilty of selfishness. So it was me and my friend Brian, who who has my program, what well, is and so forth, as a program director as well as uh, invest investment uh, negotiator as well. He uh he he brought it up as well. You know, my brother had sent a shout out too about selfishness. So, hey, I'm glad to have you here. Uh, is there anybody out there that you want to give any shouts out to too? 
Uh, well, I just want to give you your props, you know, as being a positive, motivated sister. You out here, you, you trying to get the message heard. I mean, you care about people. Um, you send a positive message when you do speak about people and, and situations. But to the selfishness, no, I'm not selfish. You know, I should be, but I'm not. I give my last to anybody. Um at the end of the day, uh, no matter what you do or no matter what you give, people are going to always have an objective or have something to say. All I can say, if you're doing it right, keep doing it. Forget what nobody says. You know, as long as you feel good about it, that's all that matters. Thank you. Thank you. I know, you know, like I was telling everybody before I called you because I kind of introduced you before I called, you know, of course, to let them know this is really my first call call out. I think I'm going to go out and call my brother as well. The bishop, he comes out too. He was dealing with something like that too. But ever since I met you, I know, you know, we talked, we met, and then, you know, I haven't, you know, I mean, you you work a great deal. Is there any, you know, you, you are your own boss. So with that, I mean, you can go ahead and throw something out if you like. Okay. Uh, you know, it took me a long time. I mean, I work for the city of Long Beach, you know, good income. I worked in a family business with property. You know, that's how I was my room and board. You know, but when my father moved out and my mom passed away, you know, I got tired of working for somebody. So I took a stand and walked out on faith and said, wow. I'm going to start my business. I'm going to do it righteous. And I want to tell the people in Long Beach, been in Long Beach almost 50 years, no matter what you do, just do it right. Don't do it wrong, and you will prosper. If all you have to do is just do it right, treat people right, that's it. That's the key. And I haven't looked back since. And it's a steady growth. Elevation, you know, it's happy that I could buy a person a cup of coffee. You don't have to worry about, am I going to still be able to pay my bill? You know, right. you know. to me, that means more, you know, when you can help someone in need and don't have to look for nothing in return. It's just, I just want to buy you this cup of coffee. You know, if you're outside the store, you, you know, you're hungry. If you're hungry, get you a sandwich. <laughs> you know, if you, if you need a drink, tell me you need a drink. If I got a dollar fifty, two dollars, I give you a drink. Only message I'm trying to tell you: stay right, no matter what you do, and you'll prosper. Wrong is just not gonna work. It's not in existing no more. Right. Wow. That's powerful. Thank you. You know what? Sometimes I show my show starts. I do have a topic, but when it comes down, see, fun topics are fun topics. And I would say selfishness is more so a fun topic. I have relationship topics. I have a lot of supporters out there that call in and they give their depth. So, I mean, when when someone brings up something like what you did, just did, that's very important. I don't know if you know what I do or what I've been out here doing since I've been out here in Long Beach since 2004, but touching on what you said. I, I don't know if I got with you and told you that I've been a, being a, I've been a volunteer street outreach worker for off and on for almost 10 years now. And you know, I go to to a Long Beach City and as well, you know, I'm getting ready to get my 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 my, my AA as well as my certification for being a human service uh professional. So with that and I'm transferring out to Cal State Dominguez and then from there I'm going to UCLA. I do I run this radio station I told you how I think I at least told you how we talked enough 
to kind of know that you work a lot and that I, I don't know if you, you knew that, you know, I've been out here for the people in the community. And it when, when my niece and my nephew offered me this, you know, they, they asked me to come on and she touched me on Facebook and said, like you said, you don't do Facebook. And you know what, I got to talk to you about that. I think it's kind of I haven't of got there yet. haven't got there yet. Well, don't, haven't if you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't got there yet, uh, consider just just let us get through what we're going through with Facebook as well because Facebook has something to do with Blog Talk. It has something to do with uh, MySpace. It's all the same thing. So just go ahead and chill on that. You you were right. You're right in a certain extent. If you don't want your if you don't want your everything your personal everything out there and you're a little bit more private than other people, then yeah, you know. But in case of this radio station, the Genius Group there, yes, I do advertise on them. I've spent money advertising with them. And I have gotten a large variety of my friends out there. I mean, they have put me in touch with a nieces, nephew, people that I haven't seen in years. You know what I mean? Nothing, and, nothing and, against and, it. Nothing against it. Nothing against it. Nothing against it. No, but but nothing you know what? No. But it's good to. I, I just got with Facebook last what 2010 because everybody was talking about it, and I got with it, and it works for the radio station, but. When it when it comes to what you just said, the words you just put out, I don't know if you knew I've, I've been volunteering out here, and it changed my life. I had every, I was born into everything, and then when I lost my life, and well, I lost my mom and my nan in 2000, and in 2001, I lost the the good high paying job, the corporate job, and then you know I, I, I by 2004, me and my kids, we struggled like hell to get where we were, and then a friend of mine, I ran into her daughter, and she sent me out here. She said, "Come to Long Beach, you know, I, I can help you." Then I I wound up in this place called The Village, MHLA. And uh, that's where I met Cherokee. And Cherokee, he showed me the way as far as street outreach. He took me out there. He showed me how to have humility. He showed me how to be a human being. He, you know, the the whole thing about... Positive sister. You're a positive sister. A number of positive about you. But can I say something, though, real quick? Yeah, anything. I spoke to you, and I told you, I said, generally I'm asleep about this time. You know, I'm in the bed by 7, no later than 8 o'clock. You know, I'm up by 3 a.m. in the morning. For this particular Saturday night, I couldn't sleep. And then I was like, when I got your taxi, you was on live on the air. I said, maybe I support this sister, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm a supportive person, you know. So I figured, I said, well, try to call in. It didn't work. And I was like, well, maybe she'll call me. He called me. Look at us now. We're talking. All I'm saying is generally I would be asleep this time of night, not even trying to talk. Not even trying to give out a positive message. I'm just a positive person. You know, if I see you doing something positive, you know, it's not all about the things. It's what you can do for a person. It's what you can leave a person with. You know, I don't want to leave a last impression in people, like, trying to get something from them. I want to leave them with a positive message. If I never ever see them again, they can say, you know, I had this guy I was talking to. He was so positive. He had a lot of good things to say. That's what I want people to say about me. You know, and that's my only mission in life. I love helping people. That's why I'm into the property. That's why I take people out of bad situations, put them in better situations. I'm all about helping people. If we have more people helping people, we'd be a better place to live. That's that's just my positive theory. Thank you. You know what? You're you're very positive. From the first time that I spoke with you, I think we've spoken a couple of times. I I, I see I see your thrive. I know that you're you're out there doing it and you're making a difference. I want you, since you're out here with me, as long as you can stay, as long as you can stay, I appreciate any minute that you give me, but as long as you can stay, I would love for you to share with some of my people out there because it's a lot of people out here. See, I got a friend out in uh, New York, Jay. He is an awesome brother. I I have Brian out there, Brian Holmes. He's uh, He's not from out here. He's from Connecticut. But since you've been out here in Long Beach all your life, 
boy, we be, you know, we, be, you know, some questions that we all be having about some people out here. It's some people, some people out here are cut up, but you know, being it that I've worked with the homeless, mentally ill, and I've been up and down those riverbeds with Cherokee, and he's sitting in house right now too. He's gonna want to speak and say hello to as well to everybody. But he took me out there, man, and and man, I, I it, it, he showed me a different side. I I used to be so uh before before prior to 2001, I was uh, well 2002 because that's when shit hit the fan. I, I had CDs, I had IRAs, I had you know I had 401k, I had all I had money saved. I would have never thought that me losing my job and me getting into that employment battle with the workers' comp and you know court case and then the business, civil trial. Business. Yeah, business. that's a life I don't yeah. wish on nobody. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you've it been was through hard. it. it was, yeah, anybody you, been, you through have been through it, they it know. Too. You've been yeah. through it too, right? Most definitely for the city of Long Beach. Yeah, go ahead and tell the, if you don't mind. You know, if you don't mind, yeah, it's you, like you, it's like like. Speaking on the workman comp, you know, losing your job and they have to rebuild. You know, when you have a family, you got kids, you know, you you the responsible party in the family. You get injured on the job, you're no longer an asset, you're a liability, you know. And to be pushed out instead of rehabilitated and given the job is one of the worst things you can deal with. And then you force to swim, you force to go on a fixed income. And then after that, if you're not intelligent or, or or have something else going for you, you fall to the wayside. So many people walk around homeless because of that type of stuff. You know, they never expected that they would ever be homeless or, like you say, lose their IRS, CDs, their bank accounts. We never know what the future holds. We only know where we've been. And when you win that, you don't have time. You don't know it or you're smart enough to have a lawyer or a good lawyer, and you relying mm. on some information, you can really get fucked. Excuse my language, but you can That's really okay. get you can get that if you're not intelligent enough and have spiritual mm. guidance to get you through. Sister, mm-hmm. you got through. Sister, I got through. So anybody out there going through a work and calm situation, all I can tell you, all I know, I called on my father. And my father got me through. I'm talking about the Lord. You don't uh-huh. have to be a spiritual person to believe yeah. in the Father. You know, it's just knowing that there's a supreme being. You know, a lot of people don't believe it, so what? If you do, you do. If you don't, no one can take your belief. You can die with whatever you believe in. They can take your jewelry. They can take your iris. They can take your CDs. They can take your paycheck. But they can never, when I say they, Mean anybody? They can, they can take, they can't take your belief. You can die with what you believe in. You know what? And speaking of that, out of everything I lost, you know what? I was still losing. See, the deal is with the whole employment thing. When you get into an employment battle with your employer, see, the employer has all the money. They have okay. all the money. My the company I worked for was a billion dollar company. Wow. Yeah, money, money and time, time and attorneys. <laughs> you know, we had attorneys. Their attorneys were on site. I mean, they had six attorneys that came for one. For I had a, two attorneys, one for each case, and and when I, you know, when you, I, little old huh? me, little old me, and you know what? I did four depositions. I ran. You know what? What what really what really gets you when you're in that kind of situation is that 
it's the catch-22. The catch-22 is this, and I do tell people, too, about the, the, the law that Arnold Schwarzenegger put in effect, which is the SB-83 or the SB-33. When he put that in effect, that was in the middle of my fight with my employer. And when he did that, that made it hard for my case, which is going to make it hard for those kids coming home from this war because they're going to have to prove it to illness. See, you can't now, with, at least with physical I know I, you, you're going to go ahead and drop it about the physical, but at least with the physical, they're not too hard to, unless it's a back injury. You know, when it's a back injury, it's hard, too, because they say to you, it's hard to prove. You can't prove that you got scarred in your head. That's just like the vets that came from Vietnam. They can't prove that they saw their their their, their right-hand partner get his head blown off. They can't prove to you what scar it left on That's there, correct. on them for the rest That's of their correct. life, and then, uh, and then it was the back thing. Okay, yeah, they got the catch twenty two with the back thing. You know, I mean, you cannot prove that your back is is injured as well as I mean, they they got MRIs, they got all these CAT scans, but then yeah. in the end, you're fighting. I met this lady. I, I was six years. I was just about six years into my case, right? I have lost. Let me tell you, I had I had my I had everything. The only thing I still to this day got left. It's just, you know, hope it, is, it was my mom. So it's like, okay, I held on. I fought. I met this lady who told me she was in a battle with her employer, too. And she said, she, I said, well, how long has it been for you? She was like, 10 years. I was like, 10 years? Wait a minute. I had asked my attorneys, how long would it be? They said it could be up to five years. It could. I'm on six years. Now, the catch-22 is this. As long as you're in that kind of workers' comp thing, you can't go get a regular job because you'll be claimed, they'll say you were frauded. And when that's you're fraud, when you're fraud, that's instant, instant kick out. Jail, jail time and everything else. Yeah, yeah starting off with a thousand dollar fine yeah, and you're in jail, that. right? All that, all that. All of that. So it's like, okay, so what am I supposed to do? Me and my kids had lost every. You know what? I lost land. I lost man. I I was I, I was still losing after after. After all, I'm still losing to this day. You know, I don't even know about my property up in California. I, you can't fight a big but, giant, but sister, you know? Sister, let me give you a positive message. Mine mine was back in 94 when I went through it, so it was before the Schwarzenegger signed that, that, that bill or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, back then it was a different day, different time, you know, but you can lose all your worldly possessions, but who we serve... The impossible, the impossible is possible. You could regain three, four times that. You can get yeah. it back plus. You understand? You just have to right. stay focused, yeah. stay under control, and deal with it. Like me, I had a back injury, pigment in my spine, radiates up and down my leg. All I wanted to do was work, you know? All I wanted to do was work. Good work history, you know, awards, perfect attendance. That didn't mean crap when I got hurt. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, I went through the in-house, couldn't find another position. You know, uh, it was like it was like living hell. You know what I'm saying? Why did this happen to me? Why did mm-hmm. I do this? I, mm-hmm. I was always on time, kept creases, kept mm-hmm. my hair laid. You know, mm-hmm. custodian supervisor in the Porter Long Beach. You know, mm-hmm. I had a I was on I was on a path where I didn't. I was I was there, you know, and all that was taken from me, all because a, a work injury. Now, if, if you understand the percentage, if you fifty percent, you can still do something else. If you're fifty one, they'll take care of you. I'm fifty percent. So what that tell you? Wow. I got screwed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are you serious? So wait a minute. They I got screwed. Fifty percent. Okay, now this is new for me. So I, I you know, mine is mental. You telling me that when you have physical 
disability, uh, you heard on the job, that that goes by percentage? When you become permanent and stationary, permanent and stationary means you're the best you're going to be. They put you on a percentage level. You can't get you can't get no government assistance far as uh you know disability social security you can't get none of that unless you fifty one percent and they label me at fifty percent so I have to wait till i'm fifty one percent in order to try to go that route to get money for the rest of my life but who I am. I just rehabilitated myself mm-hmm. and, and started my own business because I figure, mm-hmm. you know, when you have an injury, you need to sit down when your legs get tired. When you're on the job, you can't tell the job, the new job, well, my legs are tired. I got to go sit down. They want you to work. They want you to work your full eight. I was in those positions where it hurted me to work. So all I could do was work for someone that didn't, you know, wasn't concerned about my injury, but was more concerned about what I was capable of doing. Mm. You, you understand? So right. you right. can do you can do whatever you want. Like when you like you when you like I said when you don't get a workman comp, you know, purge retirement, purge retirement for me back in that time would have gave me two, three, maybe three fifty a month. Okay, because it was a, it was an early retirement. What the hell are you gonna do with three or four hundred dollars a month? And if I made, if I got a job and made more money than what I was working for the city, I wouldn't even get that. So why would I settle for that when I want something in life? You can't do nothing with three or four hundred a month. You know what I'm saying? So I had to live with my pain, and I can do that for myself. You know, that's why I'm self-employed. You know, because I can do whatever I want to myself. I put the liability on myself. I'm telling people, if I, if you my client and I work for you, I'm not concerned about if I get hurt. All I want to do is make a living, and I put that liability on me. That's what got me through. Well, you know what my kids tell me, like I, like most of all my listeners know, my kids tell me, look, when we were uh, traveling, uh, we moved 50-plus times places in, in two different states in a short, in, in, in within those three years. That means 50 plus places, two states we lived in, 50 plus places, that's motels, to family members from Vegas, from, I mean, we, we, we did it. The case is, the one thing that I can say, and that's what kept me going too, is the only thing I didn't lose after losing everything was my two kids, and that's Cortez and Dominique. Man, they are two courageous young people, and they kept me going as well. See, I turned my life around, too, because I was an ugly monster, too. I was just like the people we talk about. I wasn't that nice. So the deal was this. I mean, I would have never fired anybody for nothing, or I would have never. I never mistreated my employees. I had 200-plus employees a day. I never mistreated anybody. I never did. You know, I always remember where I came from. And also, too, I encourage people out there in charge of people in management to consider that, consider the fact that you, you know, you're in charge of somebody, you're working for somebody. I mean, them, those people that you may look down on are the people who are making a, a possibility for you. See, you have to always remember. And, you know, my kids told me like this. They said, Mom, the reason why we lost everything, we were in the car. And it was one night we slept in the car, we slept on the beach. I mean, I, I, night they slept. I mean, and they went to school. They went to school from the beach every morning, got up every morning. My girl, too, she was... So you did what you had to do. That's what I had to do. I did what I had to do, but then I look back, I tell people like this. When you want it, just like what you said, if you want something bad enough, you will put in the time to get out there to get it. 
I mean, it's I'm really not, your life. I want to leave. I want to. I, I got to get this out since I spoke about it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you something that's colder than going through that, losing your job and try to regain yourself, is when you take all the appropriate steps. Now, you know what I'm talking about when I say appropriate steps. You have when you become injured, you got to go through this phase. If you don't go through that phase, you lost your case. I went all the way to the end of my case to where they personally, my administrator told me, "You're no longer have a job. You're fired." You know what I'm saying? And at that token, you fired me. I went through all the steps, but then on my record. And my silver surface records in the basement, you got me down this job abandonment. Like I just walked away from my job. Not only did you take my job, you hurted me from getting another silver service job. I didn't find out until past the statute of limitations. So now I have to pay out my pocket if I want to pursue it. The case is laying there. Whenever I feel like I have the money to take care of it, I can open it up. It can't work. But how are you going to fire somebody with job abandonment when you went through a workman comp injury and you went through all the rehabilitation, all the retraining, never miss an appointment, always did what you're supposed to do as your civil duties as when you go through a disability retirement. And at the end, they label you a job abandonment where you can't get a job. Nobody want to hire you with job abandonment. I went through that system. You know, so not only did I lose my job, I got smeared in my face, too, at the same time. I think that's the coldest blow. That was the coldest blow of all. I could accept losing my job. I could accept moving on. But then at the end, you're going you gonna to put on my book, job abandonment? Right. That, that held me back. That held me back, sister. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. See, I didn't know, and that, that was the city... That was the city of Long Beach. That is that is that is wild. Uh, you know, I tell people out here all the time. See, but I worked for a corporate company, but it was uh, it was it was actually a telephone service company, and I was a supervisor there. But being at that, you know, and I was making thirty five plus thirty five thousand plus. That was back then in two thousand one, two. You know, so the deal was yeah. I, I was it, the the economy wasn't bad back then, but it was hard for a person. See, being it that I know that you're saying is I I ended up running into a counselor. Who ended up sitting across from me, and he started crying by telling me that this is what I this touched me. So I'm sitting here telling them how the guy on the job, because mine's led from a, 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 a he wasn't even a native of this country. He's from England. Dude wasn't even a he, he had been there prior to me. He started messing with me when I first got there when he was training me to be a supervisor. But I was so sharp on his ass that I I passed it. But the he was training with me. I went on my two days off, man, and she, when I came back, she was gone. She was black, too. And they didn't let black people, you know, supervisors be supervisors. And I'm telling you, That's this is real talk. This is real I talk, had to right? Fight. I had to fight for mine. <laughs> you had to fight for it. They don't give you nothing. You have to fight for it. You had to fight for it. So I'm like saying, okay, well, with that, he was harassed. I mean, this dude, I mean, he was a disgusting dude, too. I mean, so I was intimidated. I was on edge. Like I, and he was 30 minutes of my day. He only he, We did an overlap of 30 minutes. That's all. And that 30 minutes, he made me feel uncomfortable to where all of a sudden I get to sweating and, you know, I grab my stuff. I was, you know, I was, and he'd come in, he'd be like, where's Regina? You know, he'd be looking for me and shit. I'd be way on other. I'm like, wherever that dude was, I was like, and you know, I'm, I'm running from this dude, right? I'm running from this dude. Now, I'm not knowing 
that that shit was going to fuck it with me. Yeah, we're explicit. I'm <laughs> yeah. explicit. I don't know that yeah. you, so you can't curse, you know, as long as you don't cuss nobody out, we're good. But, um, you know, I'm like, it, it, I mean, this dude at 3.30 when I was leaving, now he got there at 3, at 3.30, this fool was outside looking at me smoking a cigarette. Wait a minute, this dude was messing with me. Now, everybody's seeing him doing it, and my mom and them taught us that if your skin, if you got brains, if they, we're all private school educated, so it's like, if you got brains, can't nobody touch you. That's the way I was right. Oh, and they tell you about that slavery stuff. We didn't have no slavery stories, and my nanny would tell you she wasn't African-American. She, we didn't come from Africa and all that extra. You know, they were two strong union women, just like you were a union guy. So it's like, okay, my one nanny, she co-founded Local 399, and my mother, she was a, a Teamster 952 out of Orange County. She so you was, got it on Yeah, you got it on yeah, but yeah, but see, I, Daddy, they didn't go this route. I know, I don't know. If they're in heaven, thinking like, wow, you know, wow. She, but the kids told me like this. They said, "Mama, reason why why God took everything from us, we, we were in a car, and they said it was because you had eyeism." I said, "Eyeism? <laughs> look, look." I was like, "What? Eyeism?" They said, "Yeah, you had eyeism." So I said, uh, and at the time, I think they were like 13, 14, or, yeah, 13, 14, or 14, or 15. They said, yeah, God took everything from us because, you know, all you used to say, Mama, back then was, I'm, I did this. I'm successful because of this. I, 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 I. That's what I-ism is. And I was like, oh, really? Like that? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, I didn't but, forget but, God. I didn't forget. Yeah, you know, but, it's, it's uh, like we, we, we don't forget, but when you're under pressure, like like even me, my situation I'm not mad at the city of Long Beach. I don't hate the city of Long Beach. You know, it's always been the people. You know, you get one person in the position that don't like you, they can misuse their position. Or it could be a situation, like in my case, my dad worked for the city prior to me, okay? Then he wasn't the likable person because he beat the system, Okay. So when they found out who I was, I was a target zero number one, you know, no, no, on top of, you, you see what I'm saying? It was more right. of a vindictive thing, you know. It wasn't like they didn't look at this guy had perfect attendance three, four, five years straight. They don't look at, hey, this guy's one of our best employees. But they don't, or they don't look at that. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter when it's a personal vendetta. So it's it's always been the people. Over time, over decades, it's always been the people. You know, people in those positions. I just want, since we're on the air, I just want the people to know I'm not mad at the city of Long Beach. Matter of fact, I would like to thank them for what they did for me because they drove me to be the best who I am today in 2012. You know what I'm saying? So yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, I can talk to you all night. I can talk to you all night. You're more than welcome here. You're more than welcome here. My mentor is so happens to be here, and so he's the one that uh, led me out. He joins the show via telephone sometimes, and sometimes he comes in and sit in. So uh, he's gonna go ahead and drop a little little word. He actually his name is Cherokee. He is uh, a caseworker out of MHLA. Who you know he's the one who. You know, because, you know, I had lost hope, too, and that's what people out there need to know. You got to have hope. What you are saying and giving people out there, and you're giving them hope. You're saying to somebody who could be possibly going through what you went through, that, you know what, at the end of the battle, you know what, you can win. You can win. If it means getting your own 
doing your own, if that's what, if that's what the only way, because you know what, I was in that job and I got to think about it. My nanny was telling me when my mom passed, she was like, because they passed six days and two days apart, six months and two days apart. So she was telling me, she was like, why don't you quit that job? And I was like, no, I can't give it. I had my husband and he was a piece, you know, he was a man. So I'm like, no, I couldn't. I had, you know, that money, that money drove me to keep going, keep going. Even though that guy was, you know, um, fucking with me. Three and a half months I put up with it. I didn't know three and a half months of putting up with him was going to have me with, you know, with, Panic anxiety. I didn't even believe it was a thing called panic anxiety. I used to, two people I heard had it was my sister-in-law and my cousin. And both of them didn't have no job. And I would tell them like this, the reason you got panic attacks is because you need a job. <laughs> you know, and then, <laughs> damn. And then I had to turn back and say, I, I, I have made my amends and apologize. This is Cherokee, my mentor. And I, I'm quite sure he has something inspirational to say like he always does to people out there. So say hello. It's Cherokee. Uh, we are out here with Taylor. Say hello. Hello, Taylor. Hi, you brother, my brother, I, I, I want to speak to you from my heart, and uh, okay. I have no words of wisdom. I, I'm not a very educated man, but, I, you know, I, I am from the spirit. I'm from the heart, and I would love to have you to come to my meeting. It's called a healing, a healing circle meeting, and that's on every Tuesday from 1 to 4 p.m., and my brother, I love you. I love what you're having to say. Usually I, I speak as being anonymous. But, I, you know, I, I will confess myself to you from all of my heart to you. I, I love you. I love what you're having to say. And my name is Cherokee Morrison, and I work at uh, um, the village ISA. I work with the homeless mentally ill, and I'm very ded- dedicated to to the people whom are out in the streets whom are very, very lost. Their souls are lost, their spirits are lost. And and those are the people that that I look for. Those whom most people don't want to speak to, don't want to hear. You know? And and brother, I, you know, I I feel your spirit. I've I've been listening to you tonight and man, I, I would so much my heart reaches to you. My brother Todd, any other Native American brother Todd, Hawk, and you know, um, Gina, man, this is such a beautiful spirit. This is such a beautiful thing that we have in in, in this in this life. It's it's beautiful, and I so much want to meet you. Please, please, sure. bless sure. my heart to please come out sure. and meet me. We have a Wednesday morning meeting at Mill Health. Uh, uh, at, at the village, um, 456 Elm Avenue, every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. And I would love for you to come out there. I would love to introduce you, just your spirit, your heart, your soul. I would, I, I would just love to buy you a breakfast. I call it a breakfast meeting when, it, when I, when I invite somebody out. I mean. I want to introduce the greatest, greatest spirits in the world that I know. And you are so beautiful. You make my heart feel good, my brother. I want to tell you that. You make my heart feel so good. Please, come join us. Please. Okay. Sure. You, give my, you can give my number from Zena. You know, I'm, I'm I a self-employed property manager, and I have no, you know, I'm a very busy man, but for for a person for a person that don't really speak or educated well, get on the line, 
and can address the needs in a simple form, pour his heart out to me, I can give that person time in my day. You know, if I could, if, if my message of who I am, my spirituality can help save one, I did my job, you know. Because if it wasn't for my mom, God rest her soul, she's gone, I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have made it. I'd have gave up. I'd have did something stupid, you know. But she kept me grounded, you know. She said, in your darkest hour, your lonely hour, you always have your father to go to. Ever since I was big enough to stand up, I said, Mama, I, said, I don't speak well, you know. She said, that's all right, son. She said, when, when it's time for you to speak, he'll give you the word. You don't have to have a master. You don't have to have a doctor and degree. She said, when it's time for you to speak, the Lord will put the words in your mouth to speak. And she didn't like it. She did not like it. Wow. 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 You know what? Uh, you know what? Yeah, let me go ahead and give you this, too. Um, I didn't, uh, you know, what, what you do when you, when you help it, I, I didn't know you were kind of like, well, you know what, what you do by helping people like you do, that's called outreaching. You know that, right? So it's outreaching. Sure I do. And, sure I do. Yeah. And you know what? You get God dollars in heaven, but see, I don't, I don't know. You're not on Facebook or none of that. So you never saw, you know, what, what my, my logo is. My logo says, uh, it, it says, and God, you get God dollars and heaven bucks and God dollars like I have to tell people I tell people my story and you know sometimes it makes you know my kids be like oh mama because you know they're 25 and one's about to be 24 and they're like oh mama no you didn't say no I have to because when I I got involved in this radio station it wasn't my I didn't have my radio station myself I got involved with my niece she asked me to do a co-host I did it the next thing you know they offered me my own show then I'm doing Thursdays at four o'clock for about almost a whole month I got in like maybe, no, almost three months, almost three months. Yeah, three months I worked with them. And then all of a sudden, when my show started picking up, it was like the May started slacking. And then, man, it was like, I tell you about God, dollars heavy bucks. I didn't have any money. My friend Brian was t- had took me to the chase to give me 160 to cover my rent check that day. And when I go to the ATM and I, 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 I always check my balance first, um, to put the hundred and sixty in, man, I got to be. I saw two thousand twenty four hundred twenty four thousand. I was like, what? I was like, you know. And I was like, I kept pushing it and, and clicking and going out, going back twenty four thousand. I was like, oh well, wait a minute. Then I get back in the car with Brian, and Brian's like, what's wrong with you, Dad? Already hit your account already. I was like, no. And I just gave him the receipt. He was like, well, damn. Like what? Come to find out, I didn't think it was my money, right? So I got home. I said, well, you know what? I put the 160 in. We go back around the corner, go home. I go online to see what the hell it was. I look. It says my name. It was from Social Security. Come to find out. And this is another thing people need to be aware of. See, when I first was injured on a job, they declared me emotionally unstable because of on-the-job work. But see, when I when the village applied, and the village is the ones who applied for my for my SSI online. When they applied for me, when they I got pre-approved. Didn't know why. Nobody had ever heard of pre-approved Social Security, I mean SSI, right? And I'm saying, well, what about all the money that I had in there? You know, I did work a job. So, what do you mean? You said I, I'm, not, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't have anything acquired. So what they told me, they end up giving me uh, the two next two months, August the seventh. I he he applied May twenty fifth, August the seventh. I got my first check, and with that first check, I said, well, uh, I don't get anything else. They sent me just two months. They said we don't owe you nothing else. So I'm like, okay. So this this just happened this June, right? So when I see the twenty four thousand, me and my friend Brian says to me, he's like, well, you pay all your bills, pay your car, and do this. So I was like, okay. So I went and paid all my bills because I thought it was a mistake. 
Then comes, I bought my own equipment. Thank God I did because my niece and nephew, they, they live down the street. They were giving me problems. They were not showing up. You know, so they were making me late. They stopped doing their show. They did, they did the other six days after we, and they were down to none. And I was the only one doing the show when Brian, who got his investors paying to keep the show, paying to keep their radio station going. I'm like saying, well, I'm losing here. Now they're, now they're not coming down. I support my niece stopped coming down, just her husband, and then he didn't know how to log into this. Man, it was a whole mess. And so God said to me, he said, I'm going to pluck your feet out the net, girl, because, you know, your show is doing good. I'm not going to let you fall by the wayside like what you said. And he plucked my feet out the net. I bought this MacBook. I bought my equipment. And here I am today, started my own radio show, and I'm doing it out of my own pocket. Now, the bottom line is this, God dollars in heaven but, huh? He's, God he's is good. awesome. Was, you know what? He's <laughs> never there when we want him, but he he's always right on time. time. <laughs> he's always on time and that me. You know, like I said, that's what I mean by the impossible and the impossible is possible if you believe. You know what a mustard seed looks like? Mustard seed is so small to the eye, that's how much faith you have to have. And mm-hmm. that's hard to get out of people. And it's not really that hard. I wish I could give what I know my mom taught me. You know, my mom was a prophet. She, in the, in the word, it speaks. If a person come along, tell you of a, what comes to occurrence or what comes to pass, that is the Lord's prophet. You can't take that from them. And she did that. No matter what nobody wanted to say, I know. That's all that matters to me. You know what I'm saying? Rest her soul. That's right. But that's, right. that's what got me to where I am today. Me and my right. dad's like night. We like night and day. You know, it's like, I'm the sun, he the moon. Or I'm the moon, he the sun. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't have my mom no more. And I asked myself, I said, who's going to keep me? Who's going to keep me up on the Lord? Who's going to keep me? Who's going to motivate me? Who, who's going to be there for me? You know, I lost the best thing in the world. You know what I'm saying? Yes, the best is. thing in the world is gone. What do where do I go from here? Exactly. You know? But this two and a half years that I have lost her has been the greatest two and a half years because I found in myself I never really needed her. I had it all the time. You know what I'm saying? But when you rely on people, you know, she was my mother. She was my everything. She was my commandant. She was my friend. She she was everything. She taught me how to be a man. She taught me how to cook. She taught me how to clean. She taught me, taught me how to pleasure myself. She said, baby, when I leave this earth, you're not going to need a woman or nobody for nothing. <laughs> and wow. I thank her for that. That's I thank awesome. her for that. Thank you. You know? Yeah. Now, that is what, that's what, that's, see, that's a mom. You know, I say out here to these people out here who still are fortunate to have their moms and stuff with them and to have them. They're so fortunate. I hear a lot of people bitching and moaning about their mama. Oh, my mama. They, you know what? I even saw on Facebook, man. I, I man, it, man, it was nothing nice. They had they just, one of my friends out there put out a video of this this man beating the shit out of his mom. It was like, oh my god. I had I, I never touched him because he's one of those Facebook friends who you know he just accepted we just accepted requests and that was it. But I never talked to him. But I had to touch on it. He had a video clip. Of this guy, be and he, guy looked like he had to be like twenty one, twenty, just stumping his mom out, man. It's like wow, you know. And he was saying as as it ended, he was like saying, you know, fuck that bitch. And and then the the person who had the camera was like, you miss, you need some help. She was like, no, she was out, she was on the ground, man. And I was like saying, how the hell, 
he he was saying she said he's mad when the the person asked her you know why would he do that and the, it was a lady who was distraught in the back and you you couldn't see her but you could hear she's like he's not supposed to do that and she's like it's okay he's mad at me because I went to jail when he was a baby I was in jail a lot so I was like oh that's when I had to touch it I said you know what there's a lot of people out here who are still look once we when we're eighteen. We become legal. We're, we're supposed to be grown. But when you, most of the time, we all know, we all say, I say with my mom past 21. So the deal is when you're 21, you're grown. How long? Okay, now I know there's a lot of parents out there that have not done the right thing by their kids. And I mean, have left their kids. For, but when it comes down to that jail thing, they serve time. Look, in that kind of case like that, they weren't trying to hurt you. They weren't trying to hurt you. Yeah, maybe they weren't thinking about you when they did whatever they did to get them in jail. But the bottom line is, when does it? When when are you going to accept responsibility for yourself? I hear a lot of people, and I, look, I, I'm not going. I'm not going. Life is full of life is full of mistakes. Life is full of mistakes. The key to the key to mistakes is you have to learn from them. You know, I got a play brother and said, uh, you know, his mom sometimes, you know, he worked long hours, he's a nurse. Sometimes, you know, his mom and auntie, his sister, wanted him to do things. And then one time I heard him say something after he got off to the phone. And I had to stop him. I said, look, love your mom. Be there for your mom. I said, I wish. I just had my mom call me and ask me to do something, yeah. you know? I said, you're fortunate. You still got yours. Yeah. You better love as long as you can, partner. Because when you walk yeah. in my shoes, walk in my shoes, player, lose something that's good and great for you. I swear to God, you're going to cry for it. Mm-hmm. You're going to die for it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad I had a good report. I'm glad I took time out with my mom. Laughing her days. I'm glad I was who I am. I'm glad I was never, I was never too busy. I'm glad I didn't cuss my mom out. I'm glad I didn't call my mom out her name, bitches, or anything like that. I, I, I didn't do that. I just loved her for who she was because she took care of me, she raised me. But I just had to touch on that because, you know, people tend to forget that person they're gonna be with you all your life. You gonna come back and the more is gonna eat you. My mom had a thing. She said, Baby, you get mad at me, don't you go to sleep mad at me. Cause if you wake up, you you if something happened to you or me, you're gonna die with that. That you left that bad report in. You know, she said, I don't care how mad you are, you still tell each other good night. Cause you don't know what you're gonna wake up to. You know what I'm saying? And that's one of the yeah. worst things you can do yeah. is be in an argument with your parent, sister, relative, any relative, friends, someone you know, and then you don't see that person no more. You, you can't make that right. That's the last thing they, they die with, and that's going to kill you inside. So I always tell mm-hmm. people, you know, don't don't say goodbye. Say see you later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know when what? you wake up in the morning, and I, I got to touch this real quick, you can go back. Good morning. Good morning to me is really good morning because you woke up. If you don't have life, you cannot deal with your problems, your struggles, your whatever you go through in life. So when it's, when you wake up in the morning, it's good morning. 
because you got another day to try to make a change or a difference. I just had to get that in. Go ahead. <laughs> and that's that's okay. I love for you to get it in. Um, actually, yeah. when you said what you said, uh, that is we, you know, with Cherokee, we we do celebrate our Native American, and he has taught me how to celebrate my Native American side. Cherokee is actually Cherokee, and he is now uh, of the Tuscarora Indians out in the uh, North Carolina, out 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 back the east east Easter Band. Cherokee, Easter Band, uh-huh. Cherokee. So, and you know that the way that they say hello. Since you said, since you had said what you just said about uh, don't say goodbye. Say that that is native. That's how they they greet you. And I'm gonna go ahead and introduce my my good friend Todd. He's Native American, and because you you driving him powerful because he he misses his mom too. He's like us. He unfortunately doesn't have her anymore. So just hold on. Let's say hello. Okay. Hello. Hi. This is Gina's Group Theory. How may I help you? Yeah, hey, that was that was polite. Uh, One second. Okay, hi. You're you're out there wow. with Taylor. Yeah. However, the case Taylor. Yes. Yes, I hear you. He brought tears to my eyes, but it's not funny. But I know what you're funny means. Your heart is. Yeah, wrong. we. I can I, I'm getting two or three words of what you're saying, and I know you have something very positive you want to say. So if you could start over, I want to make sure I get it all. I like to get it all. Okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. What I said the first time was. Your voice touch a lot of bases where I've been. I love the fact that you love your mother. I love mine too. Unconditional. She's been to the South Door since old three. Two thousand. What I didn't finish to mention was I shed four tears to the earth, or maybe eight tears to the earth, or maybe thousands. Everybody feels the same, but you have a long knowledge. I wanted to text Gina. I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Positive, boy. Positive. I, I I can hear him. I got it. I got it. But it was very hard, but I got it. You know? Yeah. And, and, I, and you, I thank him for that. I thank him for that. I thank him for you, that. You, yeah, you, I, you, you impressed him. Actually, you. you impressed him because... um. Todd, Todd is a he's my good friend and he's my brother. He's uh he's just like he is family to me. And uh I had a couple of, I've had a lot of shows, but there was a show that uh I had about domestic violence. That's the show that the 31st July the 31st. That show was the show that got 18 1856 archived live live listened and that means they archived that 13 1800 people, 18 plus 100 people. Uh, archive that show. That show was in dedication because we just lost. Well, a month and a half ago, my uh, my my 
my adopted sister, uh, her cousin was uh, beaten, beat brutally beaten, uh, raped and murdered. And so I did that show, and uh, he came out and like like he is, he's very supportive when it comes to. He came out and he was like he told his story. See, he it, on that that night it was six males and me. It was six males and me, and each male had something about domestic violence that they brought. Todd is the one that had the most extreme because he was on both sides. When he was born, he said he 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 was born. His mom was in a violent relationship, and then when he got older, you know, someone had uh, I believe it was one of her. You know, she had two uh, husbands, a common law husband, so I had to believe, and he spoke on that. And he said uh, when he was seventeen, I guess she was about seventeen years old, and and someone had beaten her and drug her with a car, and, and how he... Was no, I was, for, I was 10. You know, he was 10. He was 10. He was 10 years old. Okay. Someone, he was looking for his mom that day, and uh, he uh, he was looking for her, and then when he found... What he, yeah, yeah, he found that she had been beaten mm-hmm. and drugged with a vehicle, and, that, and he told yeah. that, and then he, her life was... Her life, she was a... Uh, he loved his mom, and she was a great mom to him. And he, no matter what, he loved her unconditionally. Mm. And then, but she lived with it. And then, as he got older and got in relationships, he too got that he had the side from the domestic violence side on that too, which led it. You know, he told it from the side of him growing into it, seeing it, to the point to where he almost, you know, he embarked on it. And that was amazing. The guys out here that night, it was. It was no ladies out there came to support me that night, but but all all of all of them all of the guys that were out there that night at the six all uh, Jay his sister in law was murdered by her ex husband and they saw it coming you know and I had touched people I had touched people that night and I had said I had touched people that night and I had said you know what sometimes we realize that we know someone in our family a woman or man because and then Cherokee brought out about some of the men and then David called in he was like he got hit in the head with a brick by his girlfriend so I'm like okay so it's men out there too so I said you know sometimes sometimes when you ask sometimes when you ask yourself you say well in in a case of well do do you ever see a, a loved one who you see with a black eye hmm oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, you know, and every man had a story to tell. Everybody lost someone to domestic violence. So that show was a powerful show, and I guess to everybody out there, they 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 touched on it. They touched on it, and they like wow. And and, and the second show was about molestation, and then that's the one that has the eight eight hundred and sixty sixty uh, archive listens that night. So it's like. Yeah. So with that, oh, I'm gonna let you know. Since this is your first time out here, um, I now I'm doing two-hour shows, right? So they were three-hour shows, but now I'm doing the two hours. I think my girl, uh, girl I went to school with, girl I'm working with too, she also well is showing us about financial stability and how it is that we can make our money count and how we can kind of, as, as far as this election, I got one for sure interview with uh, Assemblyman Mike Davis out of Los Angeles coming up as well. Um, is what, I'm going to sit down, and like I told everybody out there, I'm, I'm going to try to get Stephen Neal. He's one of my friends out there on Facebook as well. I'm in contact with him. He's out of Long Beach. You know I do be representing at the City Hall meetings, too. I was there for the marijuana uh, collection closer, closures uh-huh. as well. So, you know, and I brought that to everybody. So, you know, I try I try 
you know, when my niece and nephew got me involved, they wanted they wanted to soften the blow. I wasn't explicit then. They were like, well, soften the blow, bring bring goodness to the show. I brought it, but then, like I said, you know, everybody is, you know, it happened, what happened. God bless me, here I am today. So so with that, you know, it, it's like that show, that show was a show where everybody out here supports me. They support me. Uh, they they represent for me. If they don't, if, even if they, all they can do is call in and leave their phone on. They, I think they think I get Nelson to, Nelson credits. I don't know because you don't get Nelson. You know the you know like on TV when you have a show on or whatever they get the ratings. I don't think I get ratings like that. But then also too, when I go through my archives, they do pay. It, it pays. Um, at one o'clock, it, I say around somewhere around um, let's say twelve fifty-five. This is what I do. I go ahead and I take it out because they give me an extra hour. They give mm-hmm. you an extra hour on top of how many hours I have. So since I'm doing two, at 1 o'clock, this, I send it off. I send it out. You keep your phone logged in. Make sure that your phone is charged up. The battery is good. And at 1 o'clock, I take it out. And then after 1, I come back out, and we spend that last hour out here talking about things that, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't, It wasn't. wasn't supposed to be a show about, uh, about this, but because I always put community first and what is good in the community, what people are doing, I like to bring that because I like for you to give people the encouragement. What 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 it is is hope that those sack lunches that we had, those sack lunches that we give out there. He, Cherokee taught me that sack lunch is not just a sandwich. It's not just a potato chip. It's not just what it is. It's hope. And when you give that hope, when you give somebody hope, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a nice smile. It could be a smile on your face. It could be it could be just just the lovingness that you can give to someone else. It could be some change, a quarter, it could be a dime, whatever you give, you're giving somebody some hope. You don't have to well, give a person money. That, that, that's what happened that's what happened to me tonight. Uh, you know, like I told you before, I get a lot of you know, uh texts regarding the show. Most of the time when I see them is when I wake up. But I was laying here in the bed, I was tossing, I was turning, then I heard the helicopter, then I just couldn't sleep. And then I was like, when they came through, I was like, you know, I need to support this sister. You know, we didn't talk the other occasion. You were a positive speaker, positive motivator. I said, well, let me give her something. Let me give her some of my time. I can't sleep no way, so I might as well give her my time. And I'm so glad I did. If I never ever call in again, I just hope I touch one person. And tonight... I touched two to three people, so I did my job. <laughs> you know, I did my job. Right. I touched right. someone. You I know. Think... Uh-uh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, hey, hold on. No, no, that that was that was my 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 brother. He was saying something. You go ahead, say. That's real true. We all touch a lot of people in many ways. That's what we're here to do. Not by just touch, eye contact. Maybe just a look. Brighten somebody's true. day. Brighten somebody's day. You know what I mean? You know, you can see the spirit on people, right? Yeah. You can see people are sure. sad. Sure. Everybody's going through sure. something. See it every day. See it every day. I, I ride around and see the people all in the all in the day. I, I look at people. I look at people, and I just have so much compassion for them. You know, and you know to hurt someone. I would cry to have to hurt someone, you know. If someone made me hurt them, I would cry. I would cry just to think that I have to hurt somebody. Not that I was 
scared scared of somebody. It just I hate to hurt people. You know what I'm saying? I love right, people. Right. You right. know, and, and and that's that's one of the things that bothers me the most. You know, when you live a certain way, you change your lifestyle, and sometimes people judge you by your old lifestyle, and then sometimes even leads to violence. And then you gotta, if you either you gotta either do or die. You know, you know, if if they don't do you, you gotta do them. You put in a situation. Do a man gotta risk his livelihood? Do a man gotta go against what he believes in because someone else lives a different type of lifestyle and want to hurt him? You know, I cry when mm-hmm. I'm in those situations. I'm put in those situations a lot. You know, you always you say, way, but it's hard. My mom always, my mom always told me I gotta go back to her. My mom was always a fighter too. Yes, yeah, she always told me. She said, "Son, two men." can hit each other. That's the easiest thing in the world. She said, but can you talk yourself out of that fight? She said, learn to use your words for power. Talk your way. You don't have to always hit somebody. She said, try that first. She said, if it doesn't work, then you do what you have to do as a man. But at least you try to talk it out first before you hurt that person. So sometimes people make you hurt them and you don't even want to hurt them, you know? And and that's a, that's a hell of a life to have to live or a hell of a situation to be in, you know? And, I'm, you know, as a property manager, you know, I'm the message carrier. Back in the day, the message carrier used to get his head cut off. You know what I'm saying? Now, now they shoot you, want to stab you, and beat you up. <laughs> you don't cut your head off no more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was different times, different era, different day. You know, and I, I, I just try to give it all out. You know, I, I'm a very private person. You know, Thank you. I mean, a lot uh, of you know, it just I, I'm forty. I'll be forty eight come September fourth. You know. Wow. Okay. After, Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I just four zero myself. You know, but okay, I learned I learned to if I could save one, you know, or if I could help two, if I could do something for three, that's six people that I did something for in life that made me sleep at night, that made me feel good, you know. It's a lot of time I talk to females all the time, you know. I sit down and have lunch with people, buy people lunch all the time. And then I hear the girl say, well, we going to the Momo? I said, wait a minute. Wow. Wait a minute. Okay. I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because I bought you lunch or dinner. I got to take you to the Momo. Why come I just couldn't enjoy your presence, a conversation? Why does it have to always be about sex? You know? You oh, my goodness. You know not, what? I hope you stay on with that last hour because uh, we're going to go we, past 1 o'clock. We're going to go ahead. We're going to talk about some fun stuff because I want you to drop it about. Since you, you've been out here in Long Beach all this time, right, okay? We're down yeah. to what? we got about 60 minutes. And then, like uh, I said, about 12 minutes, I'll go ahead and do that drop. I'll do the outro. You make sure you stay yeah. logged in because I want you to tell me more about, you know, because me, me and my, my friend Brian, we talk about things. He's been out here uh, maybe some years, few years, and he's like, "Wow, you know, Long Beach is a crazy place." He's like, "The people out here are kind of different, you know. They're different out here. They're they're wild and crazy, you know." So he's like, "What's the deal with? I don't even know."
Yeah, yeah. so, I, I mean, we you could probably give us some feedback, like, what's up with everybody out here? He, he kind of, he was like, well, L.A. and, you know, the L.A. girls and the Long Beach girls. And I'm like, no, Long Beach and L.A. are two, I had to tell him, two different kind of people. The the, the deal in Long Beach is two, you know, in L.A., you know people don't like your ass. They, I mean, you know they might rob your ass. But out here, it's a little bit different. You know, the people will smile in your face. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You got to hear your bomb a sandwich, and they'll knock your ass in it. And you come to think about it, speaking on this, I ain't going to put no names out You know, you just got to be really careful out here because you don't see it coming out here. Now, in L.A., you already know. <laughs> Should you see some straight, see any gallon? Straight, straight, straight from the gate. Straight from the gate. Straight from the gate. L.A. Straight from the gate. Wow. Straight from the gate in L.A. Long Beach is a different breed. I've been in Long Beach, like I say, September 4th, be 48 years. I wasn't wow. born okay. here, but I was raised here. You know, wow. I'm the east side, Long Beach, West Coast guy. Grew up in the yeah. neighborhood just like everybody else. So I can I can speak right. on Long Beach. I got enough street credibility to speak on Long Beach. Wow. I want you, I, I want you to bring it, too. I want you to tell us where you were brought, brought up and, you know, where did you live and, and everything. And you weren't born here, but, you know, you was raised here. Raised here. We got it. Yeah, we, we got it. We have to know. We have to know what the deal is so we can be made of aware. But, but what, I what, I can't say, what I can't say about Long Beach is mm-hmm. Cherokee gave me the opportunity to meet the people out there that you don't see. You know, everybody, there's so many people out there on that riverbed, out there in the canals who are living out there. They're living in the freeways, Mm -hmm. man. You could take a walk with me one day, and I'll take you and show you. You know, at first, when I first started outreaching out here to the people, I used to cry. I will cry when Cherokee Tech met because I'd be like, oh. But then, you know what? I learned over a period of time that, you know, they didn't need to see me come out there crying and crying for them because a lot of them have pride. They have respect. They have integrity. They don't want nobody to, you know, you know, the reason why they're not in our face is because, you know what, they're not, they're not asking us for nothing. you got the ones out here that do say, can I have a quarter? Can I? These people out there on that riverbed, you know, society has shook them. Society has said to them, fuck you. And they say, well, okay, you know what, I'm going to go down here. I'm going to hide in the you know, Cherokee. Show, show, I mean, this man showed me down the alleys, places where you would think yeah. nobody would be. You know, now, he, now, 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 now you're talking uh, about homelessness. Now you're talking about homelessness. Yeah. In, in, in Long Beach, California, I gotta speak on this now, real quick. Cause I know you gotta close out the show, but so no, I'm not closing out the show. You just make sure you stay. No, no, for, for right now, whatever yeah, you okay. need to do. I'm okay. just speaking on whatever you need. I don't even know what you need to do. I'm just speaking on it. So don't okay, take speak. me word for word, but you know, I I I did park and recreation, you know, around the freeways in Long Beach. You come down uh, downtown, coming in downtown on the 710. You know, they got a lot of trees and bushes where homeless people live, okay? I used to have a, why people was homeless, why this, why that? I used to always ask these questions, okay? So I was the type of person, you know, I would buy a homeless person a cup of coffee. If I had $5, I'd give them a dollar of it. You know, I figured that's just one less thing I wouldn't have. But I met a guy one time, and I tried to buy him a cup of coffee, but I had to clean out the bushes. You know, they live in the bushes. So we, they used yes, to call it yes. evicting somebody, okay? I, I used to hurt to have to throw their they worldly possessions away because I had to evict them out the bushes, okay? But I met a guy one time, and I, he told me, he said, I don't need your dollar. He said, don't have no sympathy for me. I want to live out here. I said, well, how am I supposed to go? You want to live out here, man? I can see you look dirty. You like you need a bath. You know, I thought you need a cup of coffee. It's early in the morning. It's 5 o'clock in the morning, man. 
but you need a cup of coffee. He said, well, I have millions of dollars in the bank. He said, I have mansions, I have cars. He said, I just don't want them. He said, I, I'd rather sleep in the bushes. I'm more peaceful in the bushes. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just because people out there homeless, you don't know what their bank account looks like. You don't know what drove them to be homeless. They're not just homeless because they just don't have no place to live. A lot of people choose to live that lifestyle because that's called stress-free living. You know what I'm saying? But right, it, right. it took me to have to go through that to understand homelessness. Mm-hmm. So in some cases, people are homeless and have and end up homeless. There are some cases where people choose to want to live that life mm-hmm. because they don't want to deal with the stress with the money, you know? So I had to get that in. Had to. Some people no, no, he's right. no he's pretty he's he's pretty right. He's pretty right. He hold on. He's pretty right on that. Uh the bottom line was I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what one guy told me and this is early on that kinda changed my way of thinking because I thought everybody out there too didn't have a choice. This one guy when we were clearing it out for the Grand Prix, we were under the sixth street bridge and this guy yeah. told me like this. He said, and he had a cardboard box with a bed out there. He said, you know what? He said, uh, I said, he said, oh, you know what? He said, uh, y'all, he said, how much you pay rent? And I told him at the time I was paying 750 He was like, you pay 750 He said, mm, I don't pay nothing. He said, I get an SSI check. He said, I don't pay no rent. He said, y'all the fools. He showed it. He told me he woke me up, snapped me right back in the woods, saw my, uh, Switch snapped me right back into the prison. I was like, he said, no, I'm, I'm out here. He said, y'all the fools, y'all paying 700 He said, I get my check, and I keep all my check. I live out here. I, I'm doing fine. And, like, a lot of people out there, because, hey, I was going to go out there, and I was, I'm doing a documentary with the people out there. I'm doing a documentary out there on the riverbed people, and pretty much uh, a lot of them out there, I mean, they love living out there. They got their tents. Yeah. Yeah, they they call that stress free. Yeah, they don't have the stresses that we have. They don't they don't have rent once a month. They don't have light. They don't have gas problems. Food. They 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 do the dollar thing, you know, or eat out the trash. Whatever their case is, some people don't have to. They choose to. And and, and until that happened to me, I thought people That's wanted right. to be homeless. You know what I'm saying? But yep. he was a very intelligent man, you know, and and that set me straight in Long Beach. You know what I'm saying? It gave That's me right. a different perspective about homeless people. So when I see a homeless person, I look at him. You don't know if that's his choice or he was forced. So it, you got to have the knowledge is power. That's right. Power is knowledge. Right. So if you don't that's have right. it, you don't know. I didn't have it at that time. I didn't know, you know. I said he was homeless, you know. And I thought I was in my pocket and give you a dollar, like mm-hmm. like he like he told me. He said, "Can I write you a check, sir? What do you need?" And I let he homeless. I got on the city work uniform, and he mm-hmm. said, "What can I do for you, sir?" He said, "I got millions of dollars. What can I do for you, sir?" And I looked at him like he was crazy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. My mother told me a story about a lady that used to beg up on El Segundo and Avalon. This lady was begging out there for years. She said, that lady been begging out here since I was a kid. She said, you know that lady's a millionaire? I thought my mama was tripping. This is years ago. This is when I was younger. You know, and I yeah. remember, too. See, I didn't know there was homeless in every... And my brother my brother is trying to show... You know, he's at... He's, now, he's just learning. 
He's like, well, Gene, you know, uh, he said, there's over there. He said, in Santa, Santa Ana, I saw you in the bushes over there by the freeway. I was like, look, I said, you know what, let me tell you something. I said, brother, now he's a bishop. I said, brother, let me tell you something. Uh, I said, since you don't know. I didn't know there was homelessness anywhere either. When my mom used to take me out to L.A. and we used to walk, you know, by Skid Row, and we saw the homeless out there, my my son Cortez, we used to laugh. He, you know, I'd catch him laughing. I used to say to him, I used to be like, you know what, don't laugh at them. Don't laugh at them. That could be you one day. And I said, you know what, if it does ever become you, I'm going to drive past and laugh at your ass. And you know what, I can ask him right now. He's 20, about to be 24. <clears throat> and I know I can ask him right now. Maybe I, I talked it on us. I don't know what the case was, but then it happened to us. It happened to us, and I remember, and he should remember, me getting on him all the time about laughing at people sleeping on the side. You know how they do it out there. It's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And now they're mm-hmm. kind of cleaning that out. I mean, you know, our homeless people, are, you know, they're pushing them. They're pushing them. Play. They, the people out on the riverbed, since you worked for the city, you know what I'm talking about. They're pushing That's them. Correct. They're moving them. They're moving That's them. Right. They, they, That's right. You know, it's our tourist town. It's our money. Yeah, it, you got to get you yeah. out of here. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Long Beach also, too. Long Beach, look, we've got to represent. No disrespect. Hey, it's a beautiful city. Hey, whatever. I ain't got nothing bad to say. But the bottom line is, you know what? They're doing a lot of stuff out here with money that they should be doing, in which we had a show with Cherokee's sister, where she called in. They had, well, this is about three Sundays ago, where they're talking about them doing wrong things with the funds, you know, some of these agencies out here, they're not putting the money in where they need to put it. You know what I'm saying? We still got homeless people out there, but you telling them they can be out there, they can be there, they can't be there, you're pushing them. Fred's Church right here where I live on the corner, I'm going to tell you just like it is. The bottom line is he gave them tents. What did the city of Long Beach do? They had their people go and run them over with some, you know, they run them over. They don't throw their stuff away. They don't give them their stuff like that. They just bulldozer they stuff i mean wait hold up now wait a minute if the churches are helping the people i mean you can at least give them notice that they that they have to move or they have to go somewhere or whatever the case is you gonna roll their stuff over so they don't have nothing so what you're talking to you talking to you talking to a city employee ex-city employee you know how many homeless people i had to evict and i and i and i felt really bad had to throw their worldly possessions away knowing that they needed that blanket knowing that they needed that that mattress to, to sleep on at night, and then I had to rake it out the bushes and throw it in the trash. That you know, that oh, that's you why. Didn't that? Yeah, you, I did that. that. Was I did that. Oh, that was one of my jobs before I became a custodian and supervisor in the port. I worked, I worked parks and recreation first, beach maintenance. You know, I worked all through there, one end of the ocean from the breakwater all the way down. To the start of Vincent Thomas Bridge, I have worked for the city of Long Beach. So I have done quite a few different jobs for the city of Long Beach. You know what I'm saying? So I have seen what you're talking about from the beach to the city hall. They the made park, you do it? So you, so parks and recreation are the ones that Parks and recreation are the ones that bulldoze their stuff? Yeah, you. Um, at that time, we wasn't bulldozing. You had a pickup truck, and when they tell you clean it out, you had to clean it out and take it to the dump. It was called maintenance worker. And you had a title. You was a maintenance worker. And you had to go in there. You had to cut trees. You know, we took care of the little park islands around how you come into downtown. It was all that. People used to live up in the in bushes and stuff. So when, when there was time to cut the grass, mow the lawn, edge it, prune the trees, 
Then when that was done, we had to do clean out. They call it clean out. That means clean out all the debris that's in the bushes. That's if somebody got a bed in there, cardboard, blankets, their worldly possessions. To us, it's trash, but that's their worldly possessions. You know what I'm saying? We had to rake it out and put it in the truck, take it to the dump. If we didn't do it, you got fired. You didn't have your job, you know. So I done did things in my time I don't feel sorry for, but at that time, that was my job, you know. I don't do that job no more. You know what I'm saying? That's what I meant by helping people. I don't like to take none from nobody. I don't like to hurt nobody. But when you need a job or you need that money to pay your bills or take care of your kid, you got to do things in life that you don't choose that go against your ethics, against your beliefs. You know what I'm saying? You know, I've been there, done that. It's a new day for me. Now I run my own destiny. I don't have to do that no more, you know? Yeah, that's that's right. Don't, not to say that you doing that had anything to do with it. We got two minutes. We got two minutes. It is now 12.57 a.m. It is now September 2nd. I'm going to go ahead, play the outro. Make sure you remain logged in. Keep your phones charged up. After 1 o'clock, what comes in will be one more song, and I'll be right back to you. Thank you very much, Taylor. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Cherokee. Thank everybody out there that's been listening. Go ahead. Keep your phones logged in. You know, if you hang up after 1, you won't be able to get back in. So much love. I'm still I on. Myself, I'm still on. I'm still okay, on. I got you. I got you. I'm going to take it out. This is how I do it. Hey, you guys, you know, I ask myself all the time when I came out here and I met Cherokee and he showed me a better way. He showed me how to be a better person. He showed me how to be have humility and to have empathy for someone else. So I ask myself, what is it that I can do to be a better person? So that's what my, my intro and my extra is. I ask myself. So ask yourself what it is you could do to make a difference in your city. Talking, talking. I gotta be somebody and pull 
baby, I'm growing up as fast as I can. I gotta make life better for everyone. Everyone. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. You're back with Jenna's Groove Theory. It is now 101 in the AM. It's September 2nd, 2012. You're representing here with KXRW, your community connection and internet radio station. This is Gina, Gina's Groove Theory. I'm going to go ahead and send out another shot. We do need some soldiers out there. We need some more soldiers out there, soldiers who are going to come ready to work and help do some things. You guys always say, well, how can I help? What can I do? You know, you don't have to put in much as, uh, as much as your time or your money. Like I said, all it takes is a heartfelt, kind word to someone. And that, you know what? It's not even all about Long Beach. You guys know I represent because I'm all the way as far as the other end of this world. Cause this is an internet radio station. So I got, I have viewers and listeners out there in Germany as well. So much love to them too. If there's somebody in your city that you know uh, is doing some good positive things, why don't you go ahead and have them call on in, come on in and represent. You know, that's what we're all about. If if we can get ourselves together here in Long Beach, then we can go ahead and get our, each other together out there in Africa and we'll stop with the old genocide we got going on out there. You know who you are. You guys know I bring it to you. The bottom line is humanity and humility is what we all need. So I'm gonna send this shout out here. If there any soldiers out there? I need. I we need some soldiers to fight. So come on, put on your boots and let's get cracking. Soldier by Beyonce. I where you got it, I'm the hottest around there. Know it when they see you rolling them pilots around me. With the top down, feeling the sound, quaking and vibrating your thighs, riding harder than guys with the chrome wheels. It's the bottom white leather inside. When them lanes be spitting at you, tell them don't even try to shoot it with shell and kick it with Kelly. Your holler be you. They gotta be G's, you way out of your league. We like them boys that be in them like cleaning, open them up, they grill gleaming. I love how he came up by this 
Cash money is an army. I'm walking with purple hearts on me. You're talking to the sergeant. Body marked up like the subway in Harlem. Call him. We didn't baby. Please say the baby. If you don't see me on the block, I ain't trying to hide. I blend in with the hood. I'm camouflage. Bandana tied. So mommy join my troop. Now that time she hear my name, she salute. Hey everybody, you're live back with Gina's Group Theory. It is now 1.08 in the AM. You're representing here on KXRW. Sitting here laughing with people, they crazy. But the bottom line is, uh, look, I was getting some texts out there because I do got it. I got, I got, you know, you know how we do it out here, right? I have people that call in and text in, people who don't want to speak, um, their voice. So whatever they text me, I bring it to you. And like I tell you guys at home who are texting in your questions and your concerns, Put the little in the caption if you want me to say it, mean, angry, sad, happy, or whatever. All right? That's to you guys. Let's go ahead and check back in with Taylor. Hello, Taylor. How you doing? Okay. Hi. How you doing? You're back with Gina. This is Gina. I was getting some texts in, and uh, you know, like I said, I represent for the people at home who don't want to speak. Uh, I got a text that said K. She, the, 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 the caller is saying K, and good points. And but the question, the first question was, how do you determine which ones do not want to live on the streets versus the ones that do? Actually, they tell you uh, how we That's determine. Correct. Yeah, they, they tell you mm-hmm. pretty much. They let you know they, you know, that if they have to be, or they. I mean, uh, basically, 
since I work out there and, you know, and I've been working out there with them, I talk to them about everything. So they tell me everything and they trust me only because of Cherokee, you know, that for Cherokee taking me out there. But see, the people out here love him. He's the man of the, you got to have to meet him one day. You're going to meet him one day because you get, I mean, these people out here love this man because he has been out here and he had made it his business to be out there and be a voice for them, to represent for them, to take some, let people know that because he's from Vietnam, so. You know, he pretty much, you know, he came home and he had a bad cold reception just like all the rest of our our soldiers out there. And so, you know, he turned it around. He was out here about 20 years, and he made the difference. Now everybody out here loves him. You know, they love him to death. So the, the case is that's because of what he's done. That's because of the man he is. And so with much love to all of them out there. And if anybody's there on the riverbed listening, I got love for you guys. I'll be back. I will be out there to check on you guys, and we, we're going to do this documentary. You know, we're going to do this documentary soon, you guys. But first, I, I already got my consent to film and everything. This is a big thing for me. I've been trying to get Cherokee for us to do it. But since I was with, you know, I was working with him and, you know, he has a job. It's his job. We can't endanger anything. So I have to do it on my own now. So I'm doing it like solo, you know, pretty much so that, you know, it can get done. It will be done and it will be done properly as well. And that's a shout out there to Jay out there in New York. I know he's probably on the internet. I don't know if he's listening or not, but he's going through it too. You know what I find, you know, I, I had said after the, the break that we you would kind of fill it all in about the Long Beach people out here because you've been out here, what, 48 years, and you can kind of give us a little bit of, of detail as far, as far as like what the get down is with it. Uh, as for to my caller at home, yes, you know, they pretty much tell us, you know, I mean, you know, and then also too when you're working with them, you pretty much know everybody. Cherokee introduces you to any and everybody. So the deal is, you know, they trust you. You know, they know you're working with you're walking with a man of God as well as the Creator. We say, you know, he, he they know his walk and he has lived his he's lived his words and spoke what he's done. So with that, that's that's how I got to know. Here's the second question: If I'm understanding the conversation, homeless will always be existing because you have those that choose to be. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. You want to answer that, Taylor? Well, it's really kind of hard to reach a homeless person. I think the first thing you said was how can you tell whether they want to be out here or not. Um, You will never know unless you talk to them, and they have to trust you to, to feel you that you're coming pure. If they think it's an objective or a motive, they're not going to talk to you. The only way you go know about a homeless person is you got to literally touch them and, and feel them in order to talk to them. That's the only way you're going to know because you can't look at a person and tell how many zeros they got in their bank account. You have to talk to them, and a lot of people don't let you in. So they got to feel comfortable with you first. You have to either give them some bread. You have to either give them a drink. You have to either buy them a donut. Coffee, you know what I'm saying. Most homeless people mm-hmm. like coffee, you know. Mm-hmm. So buy a person a coffee. Buy a person a cup of outside. coffee. I was homeless. It, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. tell you, if someone bought you a cup of coffee, you probably stand there and talk to them if they bought you a cup of coffee. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because it's cold See, as hell. That's, that's how you will know. You got to be willing to buy somebody a cup of coffee and come with a real conversation. No BS. Now, what was the next question? Oh well, actually, I'm gonna have I'm, I'm gonna have Cherokee go ahead and touch on that one because, like okay. I said, he some of he he can speak on it himself. Cherokee, I'm asking you to go ahead and shoot it to show us, tell him, tell them the audience out there how you 
you showed us how to, to reach homeless people and how long it took you for some people. Uh, yes, this is, uh, like I said, I usually go on the line as anonymous, uh, but this is Cherokee Morrison. I work with the homeless mentally ill. And, you know, I work with people who are just like me. There was a time that I was so sick, I was so disturbed. I have someone in my life today that's it's a white man. And his name is uh, Frank. I'll, I'll just go Frank K. And that's my sponsor. Um. Uh, how many years? Uh, okay, he he was saying that you have to get in, and you know, how is it? It how is it that you got the people? All the people out here love you. Everybody knows you. So, what was it that you you did to get them? Because it's like he said, homeless are hard to to reach. Some of them don't want to be talked to. So, what tell the people what it is that they could do to start trying if they want to want to reach someone like that. There is no one I've ever met and I've been working with the village. Mental Health Association, um, 456 Elm Avenue, we work with homeless, mentally ill people and there's co-occurring. And, you know, co-occurring means that you have a, a drug, a alcohol, but along with that, you have an emotional illness that's going on. So people who are Alcoholics Anonymous truly do not understand. That's why we are so lost. How, 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 how is it? How, how, how is it that you have reached the people you have reached? What, and and what is the longest? How long? How long can it really take for you to to really reach? A person, a homeless person. How, how? What was the longest? Let me put it to you like that. What was the longest? I believe today is seven years. Um, uh, yes, I really don't want to um, expose nobody, but Saint Clair Switchblade was in the bushes many, many years ago. Many years ago. We're talking about ten years. So as far as I know, as of today, she lives in a motel because she's called Mama, and that's a place that she loves, giving her her respect, her love, the way seven years, seven years, that's my longest, I do believe, until today. And Sinclair Switchblade, which I do know her, uh, would anybody else that would approach her, what? Well, the first time you you walked up to Sinclair, because I know her too, but I don't get close to her. But the case is, cause like like I'm tell you, Taylor, yeah, you're right. Some of them out there, you know, where you, like Cherokee used to say, if they sleeping, don't even try to touch them. Don't wake, cause you know they'll you know they jump up on you and cut you or something. But Sinclair, how did you? Cause she she's she's a, she's a sweet lady, but she don't play. She don't play, and she didn't trust nobody. So, what? How did you get her the very first time that made you be able to get her the second time? Claire, I seen her. She had like all this motor oil on her face, and she looked like a white woman. But I knew that she was a sister, and I got a call 
because they thought that I was the only one that could outreach this woman. Way to scratch out there in some place like what's that? El Dorado Park. Yeah. Way. Cer- you talking about uh, on the uh, edge of Cerritos? That's where you. That, she, she, you got her. You went out there and got her. Someone called about this woman that was coming up out of the bushes, and that's truly what she was doing. She was coming up out of the bushes. Scared the hell out of me. <laughs> What did you give her? I, I, I oh, gave her a <laughs> and, and she didn't want to give me her name. And then the second day I came back, like maybe two days later, two, three days later, she says, I asked, I said, how you doing, sister? Can I give you a sack lunch? She, she didn't say nothing. She didn't nod or anything. So I said, I'm going to leave this on the bus, bitch, with my card like I did the day before yesterday. She goes, my name is Saint. Sir Clitch Blade. Do you understand me? That that tell me to cut my fucking throat. <laughs> See, yeah. that's what I said. Miss Sinclair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and today. Yeah. Ten years later. Nine nine years, ten years later, and from that he he she is living uh in a motor. She won't live inside. And that's another one too. Uh we're talking about uh, Anaheim John. Uh, we uh, Cherokee got him to come in last year, uh, and he passed away six months later. And the one thing that we can say is that uh, Cherokee's uh, his drive is that you know no one uh, dies out there. You know, you know since you worked out there for the city and you worked alongside there, you know, you know that there's a lot of a lot of our homeless that are found dead out there, right? You know that, right? That's correct. That's correct. But you know, if I could interject and say something yeah. about homelessness. See, there's different level of homelessness. There, there, there are some people that we're talking about. Then you have, you have these other people that use homelessness as a hustle and a scheme to do this every day. You know, if I make five or ten dollars hustling as a homeless person, that's all they want. But when I see a youth homeless, dirty, I don't talk bad to them. I still help them, buy them a drink or a coffee or a donut, but I tell them, why are you homeless? You got two legs, you got two arms, you can see, get a job. <laughs> get well, a job. You, you know, well, I mean, you know, you, you have to understand, even though we're in a com- economy or recession, you know, like, you have to let people, people don't really understand homelessness. So it's so many different levels of homelessness. Homelessness. Because there's some people that are really that way. It could have been an experience, something they went through, drove them to be homeless, or they choose to be. A lot of people use that as a hustle and a scheme. That's why people are not too too fast to give because they figure, you know, I have to go to work. You know, why should I give you my 50 cent a dollar? I have 50 cent a dollar I can spend on me. So, you know, I just want to put that out there to let people know. Yeah. That some people yeah, some, use it some for do. the right token some. and some use it for the wrong token. But so, you have to just be stay pure at heart for what you believe in. If your slate is clean because you held someone, if they did, they doing it for the wrong purpose. They're gonna be held held accountable for for what they do, not for what you do. Just do it with the kindness of your heart. And I just it, want to put that out there. Thank you for that, and let me just touch on that because I got a I got a person at home who's touching on it too. Um, as far as as far as the hus as far as the hustling, 
the hustlers. Um, put it to you like this. Uh, yeah, there are a handful of people. There are a handful. Let me tell you. The the if you were to have walked in the shoes that I've walked in these years, I've walked alongside Cherokee. You'll see. You know what? They are the most proudest people. Uh, if they've already eaten, it, you it shocked the hell out of you because you know what? Some of the things they 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 say no thank you. I've already had it. Uh, I've already eaten a day. I mean, you know what? And they'll tell you thank you. And I tell you, they're more nicer and more appreciative of you than uh, we're talking about the ones we go out there to the riverbed all in the dark alleys all in the hiding places all in because Cherokee can spot them out. He smell he can smell them. So he spot them out and we're like, who's in there? There's somebody in there. Somebody in there. And then we had chocolate. She's a spotter. And she could see, she could see, she was a, being a spotter. I learned, I had to learn after chocolate because we'd be driving, we'd be rolling. And she's like, there go, there go, she's from Mississippi. She's like, there go what? And he's like, where we, we, Cherokee, wherever we say, you know, bust it and go back to go look. And she's like, there he is. And like, wait, we we driving up, and still can't see. Like, there he is, there. And you see his foot. They're like, damn, girl, you good. You girl, you good. She can spot him from anywhere. So I got to send a shout out there to chocolate because I got her skill from her. She taught me the spotting skill. I fortunately can feel that Eldor, her name is Eldor, I fortunately can feel when someone's hungry. <laughs> and uh, let yes, me go ahead and touch with Yes, I can. You know, we, we we be rolling the crew, me, Todd, whoever else is rolling, Hawks. Shout out to that Hawk and Helena. Uh, and they do a feeding at uh, at the sanctuary, which Cherokee forgot to say, that the, 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 the healing circle, the morning DAR meetings on Sundays at 10, the healing circle from 1 to 4, is located at 440 East 9th Street. That's here in Long Beach in between. Uh, Atlantic and Elm, so you guys got to check it out. They do a feeding for the homeless. She, and Helena and Hawk, they're, they they were a couple. They have two beautiful children. She comes out of her own, comes out of her own pocket and cooks a meal for them every other Sunday. So you know, represent for her and represent for them too. I think what this Sunday is going to be a feeding there. This Sunday, that's 440 East Linden Avenue here in Long Beach, California, 90813. You guys can catch that. And also the Healing Circle 1 through 4, that's on Tuesdays, every Tuesday. That's at 440 East East 9th Street as well here in Long Beach. Uh, My at-home person says, question, is there any, is there, is there a way to determine who's the, who that helps to rebuild their lives? Okay, is there, I think what you're saying is, is there any way to determine who who's going to be chosen to help them be, be rebuilt? Their, or you, I, I can tell you this. Look, this is me. Um, I, I've been off and on homeless now uh, what, ever since 2001, 2002. The, the year after I got, I got my disability for a year, and after that I was with the kids. I went in the SSI. And that's also, too, some of the things that you may know, you have to go ahead and shoot them out because, see, this show is based on giving people the information and the resources that they don't get, that people are not telling you. Because, see, I was done wrong then, too. You know, I went in there in Torrance to Social Security. They didn't help me. I got frustrated, and I took off, and me and my kids became homeless after that. Went to the welfare. They let me have it. They were like, they was talking about fraud. If I did this, because I told the truth. So the bottom line is this, you know, there's all kinds of games. As far as helping them rebuild themselves, that's something that has to be with them. We're here. What we're here to do is to go out there and say we're here. If you need some help, if you need help with the housing, if you need help with getting your benefits, come with us. That's if you trust us. Some of the 
Cherokee, they, we have PB&J, who's peanut butter and jelly. He has been out there, I think, longer than, what, 12, 12 years, and he still won't come in. He won't even take a motel during the holidays, because during the holidays, we do that as well. The ones, the ones who want to rebuild will be the ones who pretty much they'll come to you, and they'll seek you out. The, you, you know, you you that's would, and, he, and he's peanut butter very and jelly. Huh? What did that's you say? True. That's very, that's very true. true. Very that's true. right. Very Just true. like I was. And, and, and pe- it, it's it's yeah. an old saying. It's an old saying my mom used to say. Boy, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make that horse drink that water. It got to take his own drink. So when they ready to take a drink of water or get that help, they going to come. I don't, you can push them all you want. But if they're not ready, it's not going to happen. Well, Cherokee wanted me to say the reason why we call them peep, peep, you know, yes, and that's definitely that's what I tell. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot it to you and tell you how 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 you know how how it's happened to me because it, it has changed my life. Uh, he, Cherokee wanted me to represent the reason why PB PB and J's name is PB and J, which stands for peanut butter and jelly, is because he feels it's the most he- healthiest. Nutritional food that you could eat, and he and he he's he's quite a character though. He he's a he's a cut up. Uh, when extremely smart, I mean, just like Mr. Bernard, Mr. Bernard can quote any language, <laughs> but but I mean multiple. I mean, you'd be surprised. You know, everybody that's out there homeless is not a hustler. Is not you know not want yeah, to be out correct. there. Some that's of them are, some of them used to be doctors, lawyers, and that's some serious shit. Mr. Bernard, yeah. I don't know what he used to be. But you know he's affluent in everything. I think he was peanut butter and jelly, right? No, no Cherokee. No Cherokee. He they gave him the name because he he see Cherokee takes him a whole loaf of bread and a jar of grape jelly, Welch's, and uh uh what is that? Jiffy, Jiffy, Jiffy peanut butter that he loves. Okay, the reason the reason why I wanted to say something about the peanut butter and jelly. My mom grew up. My mom grew up in the air. Like in the country, in um, Casada, Louisiana, um, and in Paris by Red River, you know, it was kind of so poor back there uh, to get a peanut butter and jelly cake. I don't uh-huh. know if you ever had a peanut butter and Never jelly heard cake. Never heard of it. My mom used to make a peanut butter and jelly cake. She used to make German chocolate, you uh-huh. know, chocolate cake, chocolate fudge cake, you know, banana nut cake. My mom loved cake. You know, but this, she used to always make a peanut butter and jelly cake. And I well, said, Mom, I, why, do you, why do you make this peanut butter and jelly cake when you got all these other good, delicious cake? She said, I make that peanut butter and jelly cake as a reminder. Tell me where I come from. Because at that time, we couldn't have chocolate cake. If we got a peanut butter and jelly cake, that was like the best cake in the world as a kid for her, you know? So when you said peanut butter and jelly, that's what brings back to my remembrance of my mom talking about this peanut butter and jelly cake. It, she would always set it up there and make everybody eat a piece. No matter, you have any other piece of cake you want, but you had to eat a piece of that peanut yeah. butter and jelly cake. Can you tell me her recipe, if you don't mind? You know, she, um, did I, I she, can, did she probably, bake it? I,
but the icing is peanut butter and jelly. That's a peanut wow. butter and jelly cake. Wow, that is awesome. It was something else you said you wanted to touch on, too. What was that? You want to touch on something about turkey? Yeah, but the peanut butter and jelly. You oh, know what oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Where he got wow. the name from, where the name came from. So right. when, yeah. when you yeah. said that, I remember yeah. what my mom told me. She said, boy, a jar of peanut butter and a bar of jelly. She said, boy, that was, that was, that was the best huh? dessert we could have. You know what Goody. I'm saying? He was angry. He was angry. Here I'm black. 
You know, how did I move up so fast? I mean, he would even he would even go as far as to say, he'd say little things like, uh, you know, you know about the ghetto. Oh, he, man, this dude was no joke. This, this is why I tell people out there, look, if you're going through stuff on that job, and, you know, you, you're being ill-treated and the company is not doing what it should do, you need to take it to human resources. If they act against you, if you take it and you make it, you look, you know what? The the worst thing you could do is sit there and remain into that violence and whatever. See, because the old boy was intimidating. He was violent. He'd seek me out. I mean, I was sweating. I mean, I was, I, wouldn't, I didn't even know. I was getting sick a lot. I, I, but you know what? I always took the FMLA. I took their family medical leave act every time. Maybe, but then they still like what you said they did to you. They let you go because of some old bullshit. Yeah, because see, I wasn't. I, I just I, I played them at the end. The at the end, they call it closing the book. <laughs> exactly. You know when she sent me home. No, she she was when she sent me home for no reason because I asked. She tried. She she called me in there. She had a little witness. Now this lady, she didn't like. She you know she was gonna let me have it. She asked me, didn't I speak to you about that? I was like, no, you will do it. She's like, oh, well we'll do it then. I was like, mm, no. And then she's like, mm. and she thought about it. And she's like, well go clock out. When, when she told me to clock out at 10-something that morning, I said, you know what? I said, okay, you're not giving me a reason. You didn't say you're clock, I'm clocking out because I did something wrong. You're not saying you're sending me home. You're not even giving me a reason. You said, well, you'll get a call by 4.30. I saw many a people, uh, many a people, a lot of my employees that was done like that, and I watched them laugh. I watched them tell those people to call in the next day at 12, and at 12 they was in there trying on hats and doing all kind of shit. Well, those people were calling in on the phone, calling and said they had a job. And you think you're gonna do? You think you're gonna do me like that? Oh no! So what I did, since she clocked me out, I what give me? I told I got when I got home with my kids, I told my kids like this. They were young, they were like 12 and 13. I said, look at here. I said when my job calls at 4 they supposed to call at 4:30. When she, when they call, when they call, you tell them my mom's not here. And the next day, you tell you tell the Lord's like this. Now I knew she didn't come in until nine. So this is what I did. I told the kids. I said when she calls in the morning, you tell her like this. My mom said you need to call exactly. At nine, nine o'clock, not a minute before and not a minute after. And when she, when, it, when old girl called at four thirty, the kids told her, "If you want to speak to my mother, you need to call her at nine o'clock, not a minute late, not a minute early, on the dot." The next morning, she called at nine o three. So you know, what my kids did. They answered the phone. They said, "My mother said for you," and that went on for days. <laughs> Because she couldn't just seem to get it at nine o'clock. You can call the time lady and make sure you. Oh, I'm not in until I'm not in until now. That's not my business. You call at nine o'clock sharp, not a minute before, not a minute less. It went on until I called in one day. And my coworkers like, please, could you please call him? Could you please? I mean, it went on for about a week, about two weeks. I was like, you know what? Because you sent me home without no. See, you have rights. You have rights on these jobs. You have the right to. You have a right to live in a safe. To work in a safe environment, it should be safe for you. You should not have to go in there and feel any pressures from anybody. Should nobody disrespect you? Should nobody be speaking vulgar language around you? That is not of what uh, ethically. That is not ethical for one, and it's against the law. There are laws against these things, and if your company doesn't face your problem, you know what I did. I, I used to read articles until. Renee from Shades of Africa, that's my girl right there. She gives me material. She's the one that put me up on game, told me what to do. And I, she said, you need to tell people with the shit that people don't know. You don't need to tell CNN shit. You don't need to tell ABC shit. <laughs> we already know all that. And so she gave me some. Uh, you got When you come over, I'm going to show you the DVD, and you're going to be like, your head going to be blowed up. The bottom line is this. So with that, I did it. I went out my own way. I did go out my own way. So I, I did. I called in. I'm like, yeah, what? 
You know, you don't send, you know, you don't send nobody home like that after, you know what I'm saying? It's some bull, you know, come on. But then that let me know. You know, you you could be a piece of trash. You're a piece of paper, and they could take it. And you roll it up and throw it away. And, you know, like you ain't nobody. You know, like you ain't nobody. The reason why I got the whole article done about me, I went to every newspaper from here to New York all the way to Texas to do the article about my company and what they did to me simply because I knew they did it to other people. There were other ladies that he was – when I was leaving, you know what, he was doing it to other ladies too. There were other, you know, it's a, it's a, it's something when you could sit in the break room and you, it's someone from another, a woman from another department, and you could sit there and you could look at her while she's eating her lunch and tell that somebody's fucking with her too. You know what? It's wrong. It's wrong. It should be an environment where you feel safe to work anytime, go anywhere, feel free. You know, you shouldn't have to. You should, and don't put up with that from anybody. And if they're not taking care of it, and they're not handling it, get out now because you know what? That three and a half months that I stay remain, I, my kids. I was, I was yelling, screaming at the kids. The kids were scared of me and shit. You know what I mean? Because until, until my friend, who is a an, an attorney, told me that being a psychiatrist, I still, I still would have to still be, you know going to go see a psychiatrist. So I thought seeing a psychiatrist would be, you know, a slap against me being as I wanted to be a psychiatrist, right? So he said, no, you got to you gotta see a psychiatrist before you get your license. My daughter's a psychiatrist. So that's what made me go get help. And then, you know, I, yeah. I, huh, go ahead. I give you something like a slap in the face. You know, I'm, I'm going to take you back a little bit to mine because you went a little deep on yours as far as your uh, work today, any losing your job, however you lost your job. But when when you a civil service employee, it's your responsibility to keep your current address with your department head. That's in the code, that's in the guidelines. Okay. When you take an employee's job, when you take his keys, when you take his uniform, you no longer have a department head. Who do you call to tell them that you move from one location to the next? That's how they were able to close the book with job abandonment of me. They said it was my responsibility to get my department head, my current address. Now, you sent me a videotape to my current new address regarding my health insurance, but you couldn't send a scully hearing letter to my new address. You sent it to my old address. So you close your books on that. I hope you can live with that because one day you're going to be faced with that. But you can only bring this up out of the basement unless you have an attorney you pay or you apply for a job. If you can't lift over 20 pounds, no repetitive, stooping, twisting, turning, bending, none of that, how are you going to get a job with CLOB to get your files back up to a scholarly hearing? You see what I'm saying? It's like a no-win situation. Yeah, you know what Lose, lose. It is lose, lose all the way around. It's demoralizing. You know, uh, you know, people look at you. You know, people talk about you. You know what I'm saying? I went through all oh, yeah. of that. You know? Oh yeah, the stigma. I went through all the humiliation. You know, I used to drive around. You know, I always had nice cars. You know, when you go to a working comp, like you said, you have to live on the beach with your kids. You know, I drove around in a utility truck. They called me Sanford without a son. But oh, they called yeah, you? Oh, no, you didn't. Yeah. They my, called you Sanford without a son? But I was talented. I was, I was gifted. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fabricator. You know, I'm handy with my hands. You know, I work on cars. 
you know, I, I grew up in so yeah, family, like my brother, hands on, you know, I mean, I knew, I mean, I knew how to do things, you know, when I went to school, my last 12th grade year was all elective classes, I took, I took metals, I took workshops, took printing, took electronics, you know, now they offer these classes, all P classes, but I use it as a tool to learn how to do stuff, if it wasn't for that, I would have been homeless. Yeah. I would have been like that, but I was knowledgeable enough to make a dollar here and a dollar there. Rent was due once a month, bills was once a month, food all through the month. You know, yeah. You know Insurance. what? You got yeah. tags, registration. Yeah. That's a, that's enough right there to make yeah. you have to go see a psychiatrist. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yes, it is. You know? Yes, it is. You know, yes, so it is. I, I, I just want to put that on the table. I've never been an open type person. I, would I like you being out here. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I always kept it to myself. But yeah. if my situation can help the next person, then I'll, I'll speak on it and i give it up. But it was a time where, you know, I wouldn't even talk about it. I just kept it to myself, and I took the ridicule. I took the humiliation. I, I took the jokes. You know what I'm saying? But at yeah. the end of the day, my rent was paid, my bill was paid. I don't mm-hmm. care if I was staff or what else. At least my right. kid had food, he had a place to live. You know what I'm saying? That That's right. more to me than what they were telling me, you know, what they were saying about me. But look at me today. Look mm-hmm. how the Lord has moved me today. I could buy a person mm-hmm. a cup of coffee and it don't hurt me. You know what I'm saying? That's right. You know, That's right. I could do it from the kindness of my heart, you know, but it mm-hmm. was a time where I couldn't do that. I needed that dollar, you know? I've mm-hmm. been there, done that. Person can only feel me if you've been through it. You know, That's it's right. one thing to talk about something that you think, and it's another thing to talk about something that you actually experienced. I experienced it. I just experienced it a different way than you did. That's right. Uh, and you know what? The experience is never, for, you can never forget. You can never forget it. That's why every day, you know, inside my head all day long, sometimes I just be saying, no, but, you know, because I, I, I never say I'm no angel or no shit like that. I, hey, you know what? Everybody who know me know I'm a cut up too. The bottom line is, you know, every day in my head, sometimes I just be saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because I don't want him to ever think that I have forgotten who has given me the opportunity at a life, a second life. I can never forget. And I know that he trusts he trust and believes that nothing that I do and nothing nobody else will do to me that can hurt me, will 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 break me, will make me fall ever again in my life. And that's something that I know because, I, like you said, it's trust. It's trust. I trust and believe, and I have faith in him because he has made it happen. He, You know what? I struggled so long. Like what you said, I struggled so long. And, you know, I had four. I went from four cars <laughs> to walking. Me and my kids, you know, man, I'm telling you, we were homeless in three different saying, cars. It's, it's the <laughs> you know? It's an old saying my mama used to always tell me, boy, what don't what kill you will make you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if it don't kill you, it will make you, only make you stronger. And that's, that's real right. tough. That's right. Yeah, if it don't kill you, it's going to make you strong. You know, and and that's the message. If it don't kill you, it's going to make you strong. Look at you now. Make you strong. Look at me. Make me strong. So okay. That's for someone that's going through it. See, when you're yeah. going through it, you don't know your way. You, you you like, you know, my mom said the darkest hour just before dawn. You were in the dark. You don't see the light. You got to be able to spot that dry land through that muddy water. You know, when you're in it, you don't know. To someone else, it could be real easy and simple. 
But when you're going through it, it's the worst thing in the world. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know the right thing, you know, it can really hurt you detrimental. You can lose your mind. Some people don't come back from it. Some people don't turn out like you or not. You know? Well, you know you know what? What what Todd had just said, he said when you see the light, do you go to the light? That's 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 yeah. a question. And sometimes people don't. That's you can correct. see the light but you don't go to it. And you know what a lot of people say that they have after death life experiences. Yeah. So yeah. and that and yeah. that see that light. And you know what, that could be scary for anybody. So speaking of that he did say that, that could be scary for anybody. Any one of us. And it is scary. Scary out there. Scary out there for the people who uh, have never taken care of themselves. You know, there are a lot of situations. I tell you, my situation was this. A lot of people, back when, you know, I would see a, a mother with two kids out there, two teenage kids, I would say some shit like, you know, because I, I was born into money. So, I mean, I had money for all my life, so I never had to worry about it. But I'd say, you know, she must have done something to, for her to be out there with those kids. And then when it was me, I knew I hadn't did no drugs. I hadn't done shit. I just lost my job. I lost the battle. I just, you know. You know, at, at the sixth year, I just I just told them, just, let's end it and give me whatever. I think I got like $5,000, five fucking thousand dollars, you know, because I, I said, you know what, I got to get a job. I can't keep doing this. Then when I started doing that outreaching in 2004 with Cherokee and as years went on, sometimes, you know, oh, I took a lot of, now this is what I did take ridicule on because when I was living with people, see, the last time, the last, the last, every time I'm homeless, I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, regardless if I got a home or not, I'm still out there helping the homeless. So there was this last time, which was 2008, I was out there homeless for a year and a half, still working with the homeless every day, waking up 5 o'clock in the morning. I mean, homeless and with nowhere to go. I was in my car. I lived with my my, my adopted sister. I took a lot of ridicule because they, they, she lived in Hartown, so I would have to catch the green line to the blue line, and, you know, and then when I get back, you know, nobody would pick me up. i put gas in her car every now and She'd take me, but her sister run out. You know how people do. You you spend all your food, your oh, GR, shit, you put all yeah. your groceries in the house. I would take everybody grocery with my 199 and shit. When they go have, they go grocery shopping and shit. They had their own little special shit and have it in the closet and all kind of shit. But then my, I could, I can have shit. I took everybody went shopping on my shop. You know, so it was like. But then people would. Live, I live with my cousin. She lived in L.A. Man, on May, on a uh, wall in 94th. Why did the bitch leave me outside? This is when I, because I was that that this was December 17, 2008. I'll never forget it. That I was, I came that that morning. I came out here to Long Beach. I called when I was. This girl had four different phones. Her girls have phones. If the house phone, uh, I was calling for. I called it from the village at four o'clock, letting her know I was on my way. Right, man. By the time I got out there, man, it was like eight o'clock. It dropped the bus dropped me off like Maine and Manchester. Do you know I had to walk to ninety fourth and and Wall, right? And it's like nine o'clock at night. Nine o'clock at night. Nobody in this one. I had fifty. I had fifty cents. The one pay phone that's right there at that hamburger stand right there on Main. <laughs> fucking man. I called. I got no answer. No, no. So I didn't really know. So when I get to her house, she has gates. She has gates. She has a little bug that's on the outside. She got a brand new spanking ass uh, Explorer in the, in the in the inside. And her, she got one of the new houses that got glass windows and shit in the middle of the ghetto. So shit, I wasn't gonna throw no rock. So you know, I stood out there till let me tell you, I was out there till five thirty till she woke up to walk the dog. I was there from nine o'clock, standing, leaning up against that that Volkswagen. But he, it was these two white dogs. They, they was one was little than the other. You could tell they was brother and sister. They was fucking with me, right? They were coming. They just whoop, whoop, whoop. nobody even looked out the window. Nobody. <laughs> I'm in the middle of South Central, man. Right? I ain't got no socks on and shit. And I realized, you know, I realized, you know, I was like, no, she didn't. I'm, you know, she was. I knew she was. She teaching me a lesson. Cause see, 
you know, that people looked at me like, why are you coming out here to Long Beach doing this outreach? And you're not getting paid to do it. You're not getting paid because they didn't understand. They didn't understand what I was doing. They didn't understand why I was coming out here and doing that work. To them, it was working for free. So she was going to teach me a lesson. So 5.30, she would go out to walk Milo, the dog. Hey, you been out here all night. <laughs> look, look, there ain't no bus getting out of there. The police station is down the street. I got police rolling down that down wall looking at me. I got pimps and Cadillacs pulling over. Nobody look out the window. The two dogs would bark for 30 minutes to 45 minutes each interview, and then they run off and go you know, looking and scrounging, and they come back. I ended up making them two dogs my friend because I had a sack lunch that Cherokee gave me. That's all I had. And it had a sandwich. It had an orange. It had some chips. <laughs> and it had a cookie. And that's how I that's how I befriended them too. Because they they would come and they'd be whoop whoop whoop. And I'm looking around, nobody's coming outside to see what the hell they looking they barking at. This is L.A. This is South Central. Man, look, I gave them the sandwich. They ate it. Then they was cool. They ended up they ended up becoming my friend and they laid out there with me and shit. <laughs> they stopped barking at me and shit. Right. So I'm out there yeah. and I finally realized right because now that day I was feeling like I wanted to. Die. I said I, I might as well be dead. I. You know, I had just got homeless. Like, now I had been homeless nine days already. I was like, I, said, I, should, I just read the one. I want to be dead. So uh, while well, I'm saying that shit, feeling sorry for myself, then I realized, shit, I feel my feet, man, man, you know, because I was leaning. And I feel, I couldn't feel my feet. I couldn't feel my legs. And then it dawned on me. It dawned on me. I said, I said, you know what? I'm I'm getting hyperthermia. That's what, ho- I've heard it so many, so many years. I've heard about it, but I never... It never dawned on me what that shit, uh, hypothermia. And I was like, oh, damn. So hypothermia means that your blood freezes and you die. I was literally getting hypothermia. You know what? And that's when I told myself, I said, this bitch, she did this shit on purpose, right? Because I know she heard me calling. I know, I know she had those dogs out there barking in her truck outside. I know she would have. I'm, I'm right here. I'm like saying, you know, she did. And, I, you know, I started talking to the guy. I said, damn, I'm going to die in the middle of South Central on December 17th. I can still see the Christmas lights through the window. <laughs> Man, I'm like, I'm going to die out here. And I said, the front page of L.A. Times is going to read woman freezes to death in South Central. And a picture of my daddy. And I, you know what? And that's when I said, oh, hell no. I said, oh, no. And I started walking. I started pacing back and forth, pace to bring my feet back to life. I, you know, like I, t- I talked to her recently, you know, every now and then. I don't fuck too much, but I talked to and I thanked her for that. You know, I started pacing. I started praying. I started praying. I did that shit till she opened that door and walked to walk that dog. And by that time, my feet had, I could feel my fucking feet. I said, man. And when I walked, I, didn't, I wasn't even angry at her no more. I had prayed so hard that I'm telling you, I had prayed that hard. All I kept saying was, Lord, you know what? She, she like a, all I could do when she opened up the door, and, went, and she kind of chuckled. She was like, you been out here all night? You know, I mean, come on. And she had to unlock the gate to let me in, right? So I go in. All I do is I have me two cups of, of tea. I gather my shit, and I say, I'm going to the village. And I left, and I went into the village said I had no bad words to say to her. I had nothing. I had by that time I said, you know what, I'm gonna live just because she wanted me to die. I'm gonna live just because just because she did that to me on purpose. But you know what that made me do? It made me live. And ever since then, I've been kicking ass ever since then. It's like, you That's know what? Ain't, I'm not gonna what don't kill you is gonna make you strong. Gonna make you stronger. I'm like, damn, hypothermia is your is your blood toxic. Say it again. Yes. That's literally you freezing. You freezing. You freeze to death. Like you that. alive, but you freezing. I can't believe that shit. Yeah. And, and he said, you got, you, got, "You got some stories." 
everybody yeah. go, you will never know unless the person lets you in. So to the person that texted you, you will never know unless you talk to someone. You have to talk to them. That's the only way you're going to know. You will never know. You never know a person's life, lifestyle, what they live unless you talk to them. That's the only way. And that's and that's true. Not only is that true, is you know what, you know it, it, it could be. I you know what. Sometimes I think. Sometimes I've walked. I've walked by people, and I could tell. I could feel their spirit. Like I said, I, like Cherokee, you always say, you know, Jim, get that saying. She could tell when they're hungry. We'd be driving, rolling, and I'd be like, that person's hungry. Turn around. <laughs> Either you turn around, you sure? Yep. And soon, lo and behold, would you like a sack lunch? Yeah, I was just thinking about some meat. There it is, there, people, and I've been doing it. And you know what, people really—I mean, they—you know—they did—they dogged me just because it's like, why are you going out there? See, I, I was taking care of my responsibility wherever I lived, but you know, if I gave you all I had, right? Why are you worried about what I'm doing with my time? Why is it yeah. that you think I should be getting paid to feed the homeless? I am homeless. Hmm. I am, I am one of them because I ain't staying with you long, and you making it so hard on me to live. I mean, mm-hmm. killing your spirit. You know what? I left my sister's house at three o'clock in the morning. The last time I left, and I got my spot. I left at three o'clock. I told my son, I said, you know what? When Mama come back, I'm gonna come back for you. I'm, when I come back, I'm gonna have us a house. And that's what the fuck I did. The bottom line is this. See. I already knew. I mean, with somebody, now you you want to help somebody, and I'm going to keep this real, too. Because when I got out here and I first started living out here in Long Beach, you know, you know, it's the people that say, I'm helping you, I'm helping people, and they ain't really doing nothing but helping themselves. There's people out there, too, that you got to understand. That when you need, when somebody needs you, some people think like this, yeah, you can come live here. Uh-huh. Because you ain't never dollars to them. And then, oh, you, when you pay that rent, then it's, oh, it's a whole nest, a whole different ballgame. That's the shit I, I hate for people to have to go through. I feel like this. If you can come to me, if you can call to me, you come to me, I'll take you in and I'll take you to church and I'll get you some help. I'll get you some help. You ain't got to take that shit. You know, a lot of people I've helped here today. I know a little bit says she be out there listening on the, on, 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 uh, on the web and shit over somebody do. Uh, but the case is, you know, like like her, she she trying, she fight. You know, there's some people out here that want something, but then you know what? They scared to go for it. And then you know what? Who how who can you trust? Especially when you gonna tell them you ain't got no place to live. You know what I'm saying? That's that's an opening advice, especially for a woman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, it's nice. I, yeah, I, they I put set up I, on the help. Yeah, they put on the help. You know, yeah. if you do nope. this, if you do this, I'll do this for you. Or you know, if I let you stay here, can you do this? I need you to wash some dishes. I need you to do this. I need you to do this for me. Then you find yourself selling your soul for a place to stay, you know, and then you're not really helping me. You're using me. you just yeah. worried. you using me. you using me because I'm down because I'm not able to pay my way. Yeah. You know, it comes and along. And even if you pay your way. Even if you pay yeah. your way, though, because I pay yeah, my way yeah. everywhere I went. And you know what? I paid my way, and that's all I was. You know, some people help you to help themselves. That's and, you know, that's a cold way. And what you said about this, look, when it comes to giving people, and just like, like my, my caller saying at home, that she shot that she shot me a, 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 a phrase I'm going to read to you before we take off. But, you know, just like what, what she said, how do you tell a hustler? How do you tell? You know what? If you're a person that is kind of heart, clean of spirit, and you have the good intentions for all, then you help that person. When you when I give any, once I give something to somebody in their hand in Cherokee and they all will tell you sometimes I give one of my two dollars 
It doesn't bother me because you know what? Like I said, I get God dollars in heaven bucks all day long, baby. You can't hurt me at all. Like like I remember back when I was making thirty five thousand. I wanted a Benz. I wanted a Benz so bad, but I don't know why I didn't. I ended up getting a car that cost more than my Benz does now. But the bottom line is this: when I was when I was making that kind of money, I didn't have a Benz though. But now I don't. I, I'm at home. I do have free will with some shit. My bills are paid. I got a nice house. I got a nice car. You know what I'm saying? And, and this is God dollars in heaven, but so to the people out there that did ridicule me and did say what was I doing when I was coming out here to Long Beach well you know what if, you, if if I did have touch and contact with you which I don't today and that's because of what you did back then and God knows fool me you know fool me fuck me once that that's on you fuck me twice then that's on me so third time you're not getting you can't have so the bottom line is I hope you're not doing better I hope you're blessed I wish you well but the case is you know what you watch what you do you see how you treat people. Have a heart. If you don't have a heart, then you ain't got to worry about it. I ain't talking to you. But to the people out there, if you want to do something, you know what? You, when you give that dollar, whatever, I don't give a damn if it's a If it's somebody, you know, I hear people say all the time, well, people say they ain't hungry, so I go buy them something. That's fine. That's fine. But if you're going to buy them a burger. Yeah, yeah that's right. The kindness but, of your heart. Say it again. Out the kindness of your heart. Of the kindness of your heart. If it ain't from the kindness of your heart, it, 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 it ain't no so, use of doing it. it, it it ain't no use of doing it. You know it ain't I'm no saying? use of doing it. It has to be kind of your heart. Well, it's like That's one. Fifty, we, it, it, it's one fifty-eight, and we so we won't cut us off at the end. I'll go ahead and talk to you after the show. But go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and take it out. This is gonna be. This is the end of tonight's show. Uh, this was September first, two thousand twelve. Thank you very much for being there. Let me shoot this out here. I'll take my extra out, and then I'll call you on the phone, or you can call me. Um, give it. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over. Shall man give? Let's see. Hold on, hold on. Shall man give? Let's see. Let's see. Oh, okay. Shall man give? Dun, dun. I think that was. Oh, shall man give unto your bosom? <laughs> 